welcome uh, back to another episode of Keep Trucking Podcast. I'm Javi. I'm Mark, and today we actually have somebody really special today here with us. Um, Desu. Desu. Say hi, Desu. Just move. Okay. Okay. No, fine. Guess not. Later. Um, <laughs> probably uh, easily our most prestigious guest I think we've ever had. Yes. I was going to say, Larry? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Larry's that prestigious. No. But uh, definitely our most talented player. Uh, Miles you. from Interloper. Hello. And I don't know if you want to p- uh, put your Instagram in there, Miles. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's just uh, Miles Dimitri Baker. All one word? Yeah. At Miles it. Dimitri yeah, Baker. Yeah, that's pretty much everything of mine. <laughs> I've, I've kept it simple. No no case sensitivity. <laughs> I don't think Instagram is case sensitive at all. Well, I, uh, is it? Yeah, I don't know. I know that if you'd miss like the underscore yeah. or like a... Or yeah, like stuff a, like that. I think it's character sensitive. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, think I, don't think, I don't think I don't think it matters if you have like a like a capital or or something like that. Yeah, it's like it same, same thing with emails. I think same kind. And of then yeah. uh, interloper is at interloper. It, that, that one is, is is weird. It's interloper official gram. Gotcha. So if you just type in interloper, you'll find it. Right. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Which is an amazing band. We're definitely looking forward to what that's going to be. Yeah, uh, we took a little bit of break off just to get everything settled to get Settled Miles in here. here. Well, among other things, but yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I mean, you got kind of a big I, reason I got to be a taking a career break. Career change. Yeah. Baby thing mm-hmm. going. All kinds of stuff. Busy and, man. Uh, yeah, busy man. Yeah. So like how hard. long? How long is it now? It's it's uh, it's only a few few more weeks, right? Oh yeah, dude. Dude, today official twenty eight weeks. Jesus. Twelve weeks ago. Dude, that went by so fast. I know. What are you guys talking about? Oh, my baby. Oh. Yeah. Okay, wow. There we go. Yeah, he's See? big deal. He got one on the got way. Down. Yeah. First got one. A trophy on the way. First one. First girl. Yes. Right? Little girl. Yeah. So, uh, traditionally, Miles, what we do for to start the first segment is uh, what you've been listening to for the week. What you've been listening to. So, oh, Mark. is there anything new that you've been listening to, good or bad, that yeah. you want to talk about? We're not biased here. Uh, no, we're not at all biased. I mean, it's been a little bit more than a week, but this is the only thing I can give that's new is uh, that band, The Struts. Okay. Okay. They're this uh, British rock band, and they're super cool. I like their, uh, I like their music a lot. I don't know. For it's sure. Just fun, like rock and roll. That's like a, it's like a new Rolling Stones kind of thing. Oh. Okay. okay. Yeah. A lot of people compare, you know, them to like Queen, Rolling Stones. They've just got that like '70s, '80s, you know, some like '60s-ish kind of rock vibes, but you know, today's production and. It's really cool. That's I, interesting. I really like them a lot. They're now, fun. how did you uh, how did you come across them? Uh, Aaron actually, he told me to check out one of their songs, and I checked it out. And then I think I'm a lot more into them than than he is now. See, that, <laughs> that's always something that surprised me with uh, with you and Aaron because uh, we, you know, I've met you from your from your previous band, and it's very tech death based. But it's always interesting hearing you guys talk, and it's not always what you listen to. Like yeah, it, not it, at all. I yeah. don't listen to anything like that. It's very interesting to hear like your guys' influence, but not in that band. Yeah, I think it's funny because like we always f- find ourselves playing in these bands that, not that we dislike the music, but stuff that we're not like totally into either. Right. Yeah, you know, not in a bad way. Like, I mean, there's things I definitely enjoy about all sorts of music, and you know, heavy music, technical, you know, yeah, shreddy stuff. Like, I, I like a lot of it, but. I also really like other music way more. Such yeah. things like clean singing and stuff. That's my, I like that so much more. That's like with Interloper what we're doing. Yeah. And so some people are 
thinking it's weird, you know, because they're like, you've been playing, playing Rings of Saturn, you're playing, you know, with this other deathcore band, and it's like, <laughs> I don't, right. yeah. and you'll never catch me listening to yeah, it. Yeah, it's not your go-to when you want to listen to it, something. I wouldn't even put it on a list of something I would listen to. <laughs> you know, not in a bad way, it's just, I don't know. Yeah. I've been influenced by so much other stuff, you know, that, like, bit, like, Children of Bodom is something I've been listening to. That's, like, my favorite all-time band ever. Okay. But, um, they're like staple. I've been listening to them a lot this past week. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, I'm one of those. Oh, Necrogoblicon too. That's not yeah. new. But they're like, Bodum, Necro, and you know, there's a couple other bands. But those two recently have been like, I have a CD player in my car. I don't, I'm not a cool guy with an aux cable or anything. No, me so, either. So you're fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I want to, I want to get one of those like uh, Bluetooth things you plug into your cigarette oh, yeah. lighter. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I've listened to that new Necro record probably like at least 50 times all okay. the way through. Like, not even kidding. And then uh, I worship Chaos, that Bodum record. Listening to that the past few days, just on loop. Nice. 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 How about you, Javi? What have you, what did, what did you listen to this past week? I checked out the new Chelsea Grin. It was okay. Oh, how was it was, that? It's okay. It's heavy. It's not like their usual stuff. Okay. But it's still, it's still pretty good. Huh. Yeah. Uh, That's with the new vocalist, right? Yeah. Yeah, now, Tom. Um, Tom, Tom, Who Barber. Is Tom Barber. Tom Barber. Yeah, Tom's Tom super sick, Tom. dude. How do you guys think he does? How, how does he fit going to? I think I think they'll be okay. They're going to be fine. I saw them. They're good. You yeah, still haven't have have listened to it? No, I heard it. It was, it was good. Oh, okay. He's cool. I I, I, yeah, I've, I've toured with him a bunch when he was in Lorna Shore. Yeah, that's we, the band he came from. Sure. Yeah, okay. I've done yeah. like three I mean, there's or four some parts in the, in the album where it's like vocal cadence is weird. Okay, but it's like okay, I, I can see the blend from Lorna Shore to here. I mean, it's all right. Okay. Yeah. Um, what about you? I've been stuck on uh, Secret Band, the okay. the Dance Gavin Dance other project. Secret? Yeah. Secret Band. Oh. It's uh, it's like the best way that I can describe it. It's it's Dance Gavin Dance without the clean singing. Like it's basically the same band members, same people, same riffs, but just without the poppy clean singing side of it. And I end up liking it better. Like I end up like I like old Dance Gavin Dance and I can't really get into the new like pop Dance Gavin Dance. So Secret Band is a good middle ground. Okay. Does it have like harsh vocals or is it no vocals? Yeah, it's just John Mess. So just okay. just the heavy vocals. Okay. And um like super riffy, uh, heavy parts, and then like really clean jazzy parts. So it's a great blend That's of like, cool. I guess Will Swan styles all in one band. Uh, I I still haven't checked out his other one though, the Cienavar Cien Cienver. I don't know that. I've never heard of. Him. Never. Uh, I've seen uh, the name come up, and then they're gonna tour with Dance Gavin Dance, so he's gonna pull double duty. Mm. So it should be interesting. Yeah, it's I gonna mean, feel great I mean, on his voice. A lot of old stuff lately, like Osrotten, Doom, Black Rose Burial. You went way back. Yeah, <laughs> Doctor Acula. <laughs> yeah, just like what the hell? All right, that was random. <laughs> it was cool. Remember me of Green Turtle. Oh God. <laughs> Green Turtle uh, Miles was this little um. Venue off of uh, Whittier Norwalk. and Norwalk, and it was literally like a bar slash Chinese w- restaurant. Yeah, with like a C rating. <laughs> it wow. was terrible. There and had bands played there. Actually, uh, Oceano my, played there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, my most notable How one was ago? I got to see Let Live. Okay. Bef- before they got signed there. Yeah. And Butler jumped on the bar 
and was singing on the bar oh, damn. to the bartender. Damn. That was that was fun. That was interesting. Did the bartender like it? No, he absolutely hated him. Oh. Absolutely hated it. But he was making money and the, the place was sold out, so can't be that bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's probably he probably probably wanted to jump up on the bar and was just jealous. Right. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I can never do this. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. I believe it's small, it's probably as big as this apartment. Yeah. 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 How long ago did Oceano play there? Oh dude. Oh god. Years ago. Okay, a long time ago. That was when their EP was still out. Yeah. Uh I mean what, maybe ten years ago? Maybe maybe more. Maybe more. It's crazy they've been around for that long, wow. Yeah. Because they've them. only they've That's only awesome. started getting, I think, I think some recognition in what the past five years. I say so. Yeah. About, about five years. About five years. And good band, damn good band. I got nothing nothing bad to say about the the. I just don't listen to them, but they're a good band. Yeah. Cool dudes too. Did uh, Summer Slaughter with them last year. Yeah, oh, that's, that's right. right. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Desu. <laughs> um. Guess he likes Oceano. I guess he likes Oceano. Um. So before we get to the next segment, let's get into actual some some gear stuff. Okay. Because that's kind of why I wanted to get Miles on here. Okay. Uh, you know we've been going back and forth a lot on. Um, you and I are very much set on tube amps, like we really like tube amps yeah. and, and are dedicated to tube amps. And Miles, you've been a digital guy for. Ever. <laughs> yeah, for a long time. I mean. For as long well, as you could afford it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was paying it off <laughs> initially. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean the thing is, because like a you know people have the argument that you get like a solid like a tube amp, mm-hmm. and it's you know sounds different than or better than like if you do like an Axe FX with a tube power amp. Sure. But it's like essentially you know the same thing, so you could run through cabs and stuff and do that and have it sound you know like a tube amp. And I did that and it mm-hmm. sounded great. I thought it sounded super sick. I was doing that with that old band I was playing with, Animus. Yeah. And we had a angle tube power he- power what power amp power head. I don't know what power amp. It had tubes and it was sick, and then you run that for the Axe effects into that, and then out to the cab. Yeah. And that was like one of the sickest tones I've ever had. But those are also like two grand for a nice like tube power exactly. amp. You know, exactly. so it's like, oh my god, you're looking and at like a forty-five hundred dollar rig. You know? And that's and that's your investment. That that's and see this. I think this was one of the ones that I or one of the questions I had to talk to you about because um, that's a big investment. That's a big Huge. like. Here's forty bears, like you said, forty five hundred dollars to to drop into yeah. what's going to be essentially your rig for the next however long. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about how some musicians like to say like to buy say a six hundred dollar amp and then build on top of that to that say forty five hundred dollar investment that you put in. Yeah. Um, was there a was there a time when that was like a that was a decision you had to make? Was it do I want to build? something do i want to build my rig essentially or was it here's my rig i'm done like i'm i'm good it was here's my rig i'm done yeah i'm, I'm lazy yeah well, <laughs> i'm not lazy i just don't i like pedals and i think all of that's cool and fun and awesome but <laughs> with you know things like axe effects or kempers which i prefer the axe effects definitely and it only takes up two spaces in a rack versus three which is ridiculous right because all right. the <laughs> there were all the racks are like in, it it just ended up not working for what I wanted. But point being, um, you know, the Axe is so versatile. You know, you get like, you say you get like an Angle Savage. Mm-hmm. You have that sound that that amp can provide and that's it. With the Axe effects, 
it's like unlimited and then it's become even more crazy in recent time you know the past year or so with people making all these new cab sims and you know you can download all these impulse responses and Definitely. everything like uh andrew's brother joey is an absolute gear nerd <laughs> and like great at it you know he, i mean he knows everything and so i mean it's like 800 to a thousand you know different options mm -hmm. you know just for an amp you know sim yeah and then that's not even like the cabinet modeling right and it all sounds amazing so it's you know there's like some things with these you know head amps that you get and it's like you're stuck with that sound and sure you could get like you know a pedal or this and that but i think i've always just been a fan of the digital thing because it was way sure. more versatile um and you can go direct in which is right, what which i do because i don't play with cabs now massive yeah um now have you ever have you ever gone the other way though and felt like it was a detriment in the idea that there's too many options? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say detriment. I've just kind of brushed it off. I mean, it comes with I think the initial setting is like 383 set presets, you know, set tones. And yeah. some of them are great, you know. There's like one called Spandex and Hairspray and it's like a sick <laughs> 80s like lead tone, like it's perfect. You plot like you just switch to that number and it's like wow this is exactly what i want and then you could build from there okay and it's cool because you can do so much automation with it too like i don't have any physical changes that i have to do or move to make my tones change or mm -hmm. patches change yeah you can set up scene changes so you've got like, i think like 32 blocks in each in each what is it bank not not bank um, i should know this is it scene like i know your scene no, changes see, you but scenes are like within it but it's in each preset you're like patch a, yeah yeah patch geez there we go it's okay wow <laughs> i'm not even a digital uh, guy <laughs> yeah amateur hour here so um no so i mean it's so cool because i can change so many things and have you know i could have like four or five different i think it's four i could do different amps running or more and then i can just have the scene change i think you have eight scene changes per patch hmm. and you know i could change so many tones and the cool thing is too by having that done with a midi signal it's like there's no there's no bleed over or anything yeah. you know it's it's like immediate and it's perfect right and you can set your reverbs and delays to be perfectly in time with the song you're playing you know say your tempo is 180 and you want to have dotted quarter delay mm -hmm. perfect and it's so easy you know see like i said i think with my brain my brain kind of uh mm, thinks about all the variables so with something like that, I, you know, you're you you are a very talented player, but does that not leave any room for Im improvisation? Does that not leave any room for like, maybe try this tonight? Maybe try something different tonight? Maybe, or is it is it you know that's the set and that's it? And yeah, that, I'm done. That's it and it's done. But I mean, there, you could do like improvisation within. Sure. You know your thing, or I mean, if you really wanted to, you can have all of that running and actually. Hmm. Uh oh. We got, we got a sudden thought now. Yeah, if you want, I was just going to say, because if you had like a pedal board running, like a MIDI pedal controller, yeah. you know, so you could switch things if you say, oh, I want to try this with, you know, this tone or whatever. Yeah. I think there's a way you could do that. There's probably like a MIDI splitting cable you could, if you really wanted to. But, to to you know, explore that. Yeah, sure. yeah. But I mean, it just makes it so easy and we're all running on in-ears and stuff. So yeah. there's not, we're not a band where it's, I mean, there's, there can be improvisation within the set, but mm. it's going to be within, like, the set thing. Oh, of course. Because if we have, like, a track going, if there's, like, a synth track playing, that's always going to come in at bar, like, 205. That's never going to change. Sure. You know, so yeah, there's certain things that are just set in a certain way, so there's only so much room. And with this style of music and the style of, you know, band we are, you know, even with Interloper not being as extreme of a band, you know, there are certain things that need to be a certain way. Of course. To, like, have that 
outcome of a live show. Right. Right. Um, yeah, because we're we're you know we're we're waiting to we've I've only been able to see one interlopers show so far, and it was the uh, the Nam after yeah. show. Yeah, that was dope. Was yeah, really that good. was that was fun. That was that was cool. It was, it was bummer. Cody uh, got sick that day, but I mean. <laughs> It happens. What could you do? I mean, we still had a fun time, and it was cool getting like the first thing, yeah, you know, first like little thing out of the way. And I think a great doing, response. Yeah, great people response. seemed to like it. It was cool, and I mean, we're we're doing a tour, I believe, later this year. I can't say with who yet, but no. it's November for sure. Um, so we'll be out on the road, full lineup, and it's going to be sick. I mean, that's that's the plan. That's the plan. It's going to be sick. Be <laughs> That'll be awesome. We're All definitely right. looking forward to see what that is. Yeah. Um. Now, before you went digital and you used amps, what was your go-to amp? I had a couple, like, different heads. I had a, I had that Angle XXL cab, which I think is by far, like, a superior cab to, like, everything. I'm, like, so, Noted. so into that. Yeah, I'm, like, Noted. yeah, yeah, I'm super about that cab. I mean, I played through a lot of, like, you know, Mesas and stuff, and they sound great. Like, right. Mesas are great, but I think that Angle XXL, it, it gets rid of a lot of that high end, like that 4.5K, you know, 3.5, like hiss and like yeah. shrillness okay. is just not there. And it's just fat and mm -hmm. clear. Um, Get a look and then with that, that, I was using a Vox head, I think. Oh. Yeah. It ended up working all right. It sounded huh. cool, but yeah, it wasn't quite what I wanted, you know. And then I ended up going with the Axe Effects. Yeah. And that was it. But so that you, was went, you went into, a, into digital fairly early then. Yeah, yeah, pretty early on when I played with Animus, so I was like 18 at the time. Yeah, because they were all using Axe Effects, and it was like, okay, well, I'll get one too. You guys, this sounds really good, you know. And then it it, it did sound good. We were doing the, but at that time, even with going digital, we were running the power amp too. So I mean, essentially, we had a tube amp. Right. It was just, just with the digital processor. Yeah, but I mean, that's the same thing. Like every, because all the Axe the Axe Effects is a preamp. Yeah. And then you have your power amp. But that's the same exact thing. If you open up like a tube head, you know, a Marshall tube head, there's it's a preamp and a power amp. Exactly. It's the same exact thing. You know, so it's like, I don't know if there is much of a difference or if it's like really noticeable or maybe it's like people who are super true, you know, and just like tube amps, you know, but they just don't want to like, it's the same thing. Like it's, you know, I don't know. See, I, I don't I'm actually it. glad that you, you brought up the, the, the quote noticeable idea because we had a like we had a very quick conversation in one of the very first shows I met you at um, where you had said you actually have tried Axe, uh, Kemper, and I believe the other one was Bias? Yeah, Bias Effects is cool. What? That's a great thing for people if they're like looking on a budget. Cause you, you can use that live too. Right. Yeah, because I was actually looking into that one. It's like 200 bucks. Awesome. Yeah. I ended up getting lucky and did like a video thing for them which was which was super cool of them to let me do that That's for, awesome. the, for the trade. But it's um it's great, and I think the only downfall with it is um it just needs like an additional EQ, like because so, you'd be running it in Reaper like right there. Yeah. And if you have like Fab Filter by Waves or something, if you're familiar with that, best EQ plugin I think, and like period, it's so cool, such a great plugin. But you could run something like that and get rid of. There's just like small EQ issues that that bias effects had. But aside from that, man, like for being the price, it's like literally comparable to Kemper Axe Effects, oh, wow. in my opinion. What uh, what made you? Because like you said, you've tried all the uh, the higher end digital platforms. What made you stay with or come back to Axe Effects? Like it seems like you've yeah. you yeah, journeyed you through Kemper all of them. I had Axe Effects and then I went to Kemper, and then I went back to Axe Effects. Okay. I just I didn't like the Kemper. No. Nope. It was like was there? Was I just there didn't get it. I don't know. I was just I was 
it's like old man mentality. I just knew how to use the axe effects. <laughs> and I get this Kemper. I'm like, I don't know how to do any of this stuff. Okay. And I couldn't get any cool tones, you know, and I didn't. But with the axe effects, I originally, my first tone I got for it was from Brian James. He was an animus, and then he went to Fallujah. Okay. And so I had his oh, tone, Jesus. and then I um, just have been tweaking it over the years. And, you know, I've, I've kept, like, the same basic, like, structure of it, and then I've just made adjustments to it from there. Right. I didn't have that same kind of thing with the Kemper. Well, I did, but it wasn't a tone. I was very fond of it as a tone. Someone I was working with at the time sent me, and I didn't care for it. But I just, I don't know, it was, it was just weird. I didn't get it. Yeah, it sounds like it was more work for you than was worth it. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't get something I liked out of it, and it was like, I could just have an Axe Effects that literally sounds better than this, in my opinion. And I've heard people with Kempers, and they sound amazing. Right. Like, I just didn't, just I just didn't get it, and I just didn't care to learn it. Because yeah. I didn't even want one in the first place. It was like oh, a, okay. it was one of those strange situations when you're, yeah. Yeah. We'll leave that one off. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave that one off. We'll yeah. yeah. Um, I guess, uh, I guess that would lead me to the next one, which is there, is there, do you have any interest in the, uh, in the new three coming out? No. No? No, I mean, I would. It looks cool, but yeah. you know, three space again. It's a, <laughs> to turn off. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much better it can sound. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, it already sounds so good. Like, what, what more can you add yeah, to I it? Yeah, I mean, the only thing I could think of is more processing power, but I currently don't really have any issues with the two with that. Like, the scene changes. There's, you know, zero, if any, dropout, mm -hmm. you know, I mean maybe sometimes if you're doing a patch change there's a dropout okay so maybe if that was gone i'd be interested in it because of that but you know i, I don't know i saw i saw a video on it it looked cool the funny I mean, thing they the, first the, the new screen i i guess that's something i don't even look, like yeah. i hate the screen i never look i have it in my rack oh. and i always pull i always have my usb hooked up to do it on accident that's, that's yeah i don't want to like lay on the floor with like <laughs> screwing around with the screen it's, it's i mean it's a great easy to navigate thing but mm -hmm. it's just so much easier when you have the axe added up so that's not really something i would that's not a selling point for sure. me because it looks we like a great product but if I you're just, not into it you're not yeah into i mean it. i'm into it but i just it's like one of those things i'm like old guy just like i don't want to change because we had saw the, wanna, you know? we had saw the screen at nam yeah or after nam after nam after nam is it bigger it's it's dude it's it's a phone it's a phone size screen. Oh, wow. it's, it's, a, it's a larger phone size screen, but it reminded me of the was it the Line the, Six? The Helix. The Helix. Oh, See, right, I saw right. like, That's a fucking Helix. Yeah. Yeah, that's looks, funny. Looks exactly the same. Remember when I first saw it? It reminded me of like some sort of vehicle from Gears of War. <laughs> it looked like it looked like some like sort of thing that would be in that game. I don't know. Yeah. It was the weirdest thing. Like some like some guy pulls out this thing and it's like a bomb or something. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but yeah, it just it just that's what I immediately I think we both immediately went to was I was like okay what's well, it they saw the Helix and was like yo that's a good idea we should probably do that and then just called it. The three yeah <laughs> you know right do, do you know what the other like upgrades on it were i i didn't really look too much into it i, I just saw it and was like you oh wow well. I, I, no I don't know if we've done very much research into it to to be able to really tell you like this change this change it's got the screen that's <laughs> that's really it's got the screen and another Bro. rack space so it's basically an, an, an iphone yeah. So I, it's I, like the new iPhones that come yeah, out every yeah. year. It's like the same thing, just yeah. bigger screen. And yeah. it, you know, I mean, <laughs> essentially, like you're saying, it's going to do the same thing that you already do well. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much. I don't know how much better your tone's going to be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like 
I've heard some of the best tones with like a two or a Kemper or yeah. whatever. Like you know, it's and even the funny thing too is because a lot of people are like, oh well, it's you know like a metal tone. I've heard some serious like cool videos that I've watched of the classic rock players and stuff using axe effects. Oh yeah, there's one time I was in downtown Disney and they have like some jazz band playing, and they were using Kemper and axe effects. Yeah. Hmm. I was like, what the fuck? That's really interesting. Yeah, so that's like when people always have that argument, oh, well, it sounds too compressed. It's like, dude. Take off your compression. Yeah, go, <laughs> yeah, like, go on YouTube and look up Axe FX Jazz. Yeah. Or Axe FX Classic Rock. Axe FX, you know, it's very, It's very possible to achieve the same tone. Yeah, and that's like, you know, my big thing going back to the like, very beginning of this with the heads. Like, if you have an angle Powerball, you're fucked. You yeah. know, yeah. you're never going to play jazz with it. I mean, maybe, I don't maybe you could. Maybe I just didn't get it but I mean you probably need like some sort of pedals or other stuff but with the axe effects like you can do all of it in one thing gotcha yeah, see my thing with that though is like it can get out of date very quickly you know like the axe effects 3 comes out then next year the axe effects 4 and so on and so forth next thing you know your thing is like the standard now yeah you know, but I mean that's like the same thing though you look at like a um, Marshall JCM 900 yeah shit's been around forever it's awesome yeah. you know yeah. there's like all sorts of new ones but it still sounds good yeah, you know true. so I don't know but yeah the technology thing things do get outdated really quick but I mean I had my other one for years and it worked really well yeah. the only thing is that I did notice um, I haven't noticed as much on mine but Brian was telling me about it his um, when he would do patch changes as time went on the the like the, latency? Yeah, the, the lag started getting worse. Uh, but I mean, that's like any computer-based thing. But sure. You know, there's also things you can do to fix that and help that in the Axe yeah. There's like bleed-over settings and stuff, so there's not just like a dropout. You don't can don't have look like, at uh, three-point sites. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get viruses on there. Yeah. A little screen, like... Yeah. So. I don't know. I mean, I'm all about it. If, if I had my ideal thing, I'd probably have like a tube power amp, too, as well. Yeah. And then run it through my angle cab but i just don't have the two grand to get one that i want why'd you buy one used i could I don't, it's just currently what how i'm doing it it works well and the other thing is too something like clubs we play you know if you have a cab and you're like in a smaller venue or even larger venues it kind of like it gives you that extra like feeling on stage and push but we're all on in-ears anyways so it's like i'm not I'm not, I don't need to hear anything, but sometimes, you know, you have these venues, well, not sometimes, but they're all designed, you know, if you have a nice PA system for that to be where the sound comes from. Right. That's where everything is supposed to come out of to get the most ideal sound. So sure. going direct makes more sense like that, because if you add a cabin, then you have, you know, other frequencies that are fighting with the in-house system. Right. right. Yeah, I noticed, uh, I saw Behemoth the other couple months ago. And they always put their cabs on the side stage facing them. Yeah, I, did, I used to do that with Animus. I did oh, yeah? the same thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it was like that when I was at th with Animus, I didn't have in-ears. So it's like stage volume as well as like not really like punishing the people in the front row. Mm -hmm. You know, because you have a cab and you're 10 feet away from it and it's cranked, you're getting, that's all you're hearing. Yeah. yeah. You know. Um, and then the other, but here, okay, so the counter to that would be like if you play a club that maybe the... Uh, PA isn't so great. You're fucked. So I mean, <laughs> that's it. You're screwed. Yeah. Yeah. So that's. That, I mean, I've been, I've had that too. And being you know with Rings, it was a band that was very much track reliant. You know, we had backtrack bass, we had backtrack synths. We mm -hmm. had you know, I was up there playing guitar by myself. So right. everything that wasn't me was you know track through the PA. Yeah. So we'd have places where we'd play sometimes, and it was like, well, we're gonna sound great tonight. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, it just happens. But that's you know also like another issue with you know sometimes the metal scene or 
not being like a huge band or whatever. You know, you play clubs that suck sometimes. Sure, good sure. to know that it's not just local bands suffering. No, 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 no. And that's and that's something that you know local local bands have that fight. Middle mid tier bands have that fight. Big bands have that fight. It's finding the uh, like venues with horrendous reverb. Right. God. Yeah, it was like a shit room. You yeah, know, yeah. some places just sound bad. Yeah. I was like, uh, what's that? Uh, I don't know if it was just the front of house that night or something, but El Rey Theater. I saw that contortionist tour that came through. Oh yeah, and I won't say what band it was. I like I liked all the bands. I just don't want to bash anyone. But sure. there's one of the bands, and they're a great band, and they sounded like shit. <laughs> I mean, not they're playing, but I mean that room. The room. Yeah, and then I thought, okay, maybe it was just them. And then the next band went on, and it was just like, what the hell? And I was like standing in different places. So I don't know if it was, you know, the room, but yeah, I mean, even like a nicer venue, you know, El Rey is a big, nice yeah, club. Yeah. It has a lot of bands that come through there. Yeah. yeah. I, I noticed too, because at um, Summer Slaughter, when you guys played in LA. Oh, Novo, yeah. Yeah, I was That there. was a sick venue. I saw, I was upstairs on the fucking seats because I'm old. I played <laughs> so bad that night, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I knew, I, I was like... Fucking up! I yeah, it. I blew I it. That, I blew it that night. That was that, that was second rough. note is just, yeah, is just a, nope, a, a nope, hair that sharp. Was, that, nope. No, it was just the like hometown show. I had a bunch of people there. It was just chaos. Didn't really warm up and just went up. And I was like, well, hope this works. Yeah, but I, I saw uh, Michael Keane walking around <laughs> with his his fingers in his ears, pacing back and forth and stopping. Like, I guess he was trying to hear where's the best spot in the whole oh. place. And he would just stand there for a while and listen, and then take a step forward and then two steps back, like. This guy's cracked out. <laughs> He's tweaking. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. He was on some. <laughs> he was on something. It wasn't metal. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, uh, that was definitely an insightful. I'm, I'm definitely glad. We'd like th- that was one of the big ones that I wanted to talk about was your experience with digital compared to kind of our experience with Tube. mainly tubes. Yeah, because w- there's amps that are versatile. Like, I hate to say this because it's... it's <laughs> but the dual rectifier is one oh, that you can staple. Use. Yeah, but it's I hate it. <laughs> I just hate it. I I've always wanted it. I finally got it and I hated it. Yeah. It was like what is that 5150 is like the other big one or and like dual rec and like yeah. use them together and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean some stuff sounds awesome. But I think I, it's but great. what I'm saying is like you could use certain apps that are versatile like that. Mm-hmm. Even the the was it VHT which is now fry it. Fry it. Yeah, the Pibble, you can do a lot with it. It's not just metal. Yeah. Have you ever thought about doing something like that? Aside from just, you know, being, not having to worry about a pedal board and push buttons and just MIDI. Maybe. I like like the Axe FX. Honestly, I mean, unless someone just, like, gave something to me. That's what I'm thinking. And, like, traveling with it, too. Another thing is touring. Dude, I have one rack, and that's my entire thing. It's a piece of cake. That's kind of one of the things. That makes more sense. (laughs) It's kind of one of the things we've talked about on the podcast is um, if you're an active touring musician, the Axe FX is, is perfect. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you had like a full crew and stuff, God, I'd have a bunch of dummy cabs. So I didn't exactly. have to pick any of this shit up. I'd have all the cool stuff, you know. Exactly. Yeah, your, your kill switch or or, yeah. or you see all of those cabs, and it's so funny. I remember I saw Corn and my the dude from Winds of Plague ended up playing with them. He's playing keyboards for them, Davey Weberlin. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. Talk about a crazy jump. <laughs> and so I saw them, and I mean, that's like a whole fucking product. They've got right. semi trucks. I mean, like forklifts. It's gnarly, but they had like shit, probably like twenty cabs on stage. Yeah. And they were all empty. Yeah. 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 Well, like, well, like two, two, were, two were mic'd. Yeah. So yeah. Two did that. Yeah. For, for all, a tour. Like, walls and stuff like that. Just, Dummy cabs. Yeah, yeah. I've been, I mean, even like on Summer Slaughter bands, I think, I think Oceano had that. 
Really? I think they had some dummy cabs because it looks cool. Yeah. Actually, no, I don't think it was them. I think they do Axe Effects or something. There was there was one band on that tour that had that, and it looks cool. I mean, people like was it Cannibal? No, I've never toured with them. Okay, then. The but um, they're the only ones I can think of that were. Yeah, I've, de- I've definitely yeah. been on tours with people doing it. I mean, it looks cool. There's yeah. nothing wrong with it. It's tight, and I mean, those bands don't load their own shit, so who cares? You know. So like, so then I would do that. Let's see. Looks awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can guess carry my cab downstairs. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, dude. Even yeah. When I had that guy, I hated it. Uh, that's like Those bass players well. when they have uh, that. What's that? Ampeg. Oh, the big eight ten. Fuck that thing. The, re- dude. the big refrigerator. Yeah, yeah. And then it goes in that big case, and yeah. you're like loading it, and it's like, dude, just go direct. <laughs> just stop. And <laughs> there's that like. Yeah. Yeah, it's insane, dude. It's like I'm not helping. No, I'm not picking this up. That the the dark glass pedal though, Jacob Umansky, the dude from Intervals, and he's playing with Faceless. That's like his rig. It's it's one pedal, and his bass tone crushes. So it's like I see people with the big eight tens, and it's like, what are you doing? You know. Well, that's um. What's uh, Horizon Devices came out with the guitar one of that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. The preamp. Was it? The Apex. The Apex. And it's a preamp specifically for that. So you don't you get rid of everything, you just use that pedal. Yeah, it's crazy. I know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't you probably know. need another maybe like a, another pedal for like clean or reverb. Sure. I, I don't know how in depth that pedal is, but we'll have to we'll have just, to, I'm dirty yeah. all the time. So yeah. We'll There's so much cool stuff. Have yeah. to get one and check it out. Right. Um, Buy me one. So mm, <laughs> that actually brings me to a, to an interesting or at least I think it's interesting. So now that you've kind of seen going from being a fan of music to seeing like the curtain pulled on all the magic, yeah. has that kind of changed your perception on live bands? Where, like you said, you you understand now that they're dummies. You understand now that there's so much that goes into production and crew and you know eighteen wheelers full of crap that you really don't need when you can just take your axe effects. Like that has that changed your perception on live music? Yeah, well, I mean, I think I think all that stuff they have is part of the production. People go to see a show, and that's the problem with, like, a lot of metal bands and stuff now. You go see, you know, these dudes who have no lights and no anything, and they're just standing there and, you know, not in a, not in a mean or weird way, but it's like there's no show, and you compare it to, like, a production like, you know, say, Corn. Granted that, you know, they have you, the yeah, they have the money to do it, you know. Sure. But, like, seeing that, it's all, like, totally important, I think, to me to have, like, a live show. Or bands like Carnifex, they have a great live show. Oh, yeah. And they have their light, you know, it's, like, a pretty simple rig. But, I mean, God, having smoke and, you know, your own all light the rig. Stand, all this, ba- the background stuff. Yeah, going on. that. Yeah, I think they only have, like, four lights. Yeah. yeah. On top of their cab. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> and then the strobe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I think they had six, or no, I don't know. They had a couple smoke things that blow yeah. blow smoke up real high, and it looks real. I mean, like little things like that. I mean, it's it's extra money, but that goes a long way. But um, no, I think I think the live show is really important. And I had, I had something else to totally say about this, and it slipped my mind now. <laughs> when you okay. go and see bands, are you do you shut off your musician when you watch them? Oh, that's a good or, question. Or is it always on? Because sometimes when I go. I'll watch like all the openers and the musicianship stays on. So I'm watching like you fucked up so hard. I heard that. But then the live band, the the main band comes on or whatever, or the band you really want to see. You can just shut all that off and you're just a fan. It's like I don't even care if they fuck up. I'm yeah, to enjoy it. I I feel that way. I'm, with, I'm in both. I mean, I enjoy like the production and lights and you know environment. And if it's a band I really like and have been influenced by, it's cool to just see it. What's weird is like I don't go to live shows a whole lot. Or, or do that. I don't know. It's weird. And another thing that's a bummer, and this is something, this tough pill for a lot of people to swallow, in the metal scene too, and, you know, in bigger scenes, there's so much shit that's backtracked. Oh, yeah. One of the bands we were talking about earlier, vocals totally backtrack. You got a line going, microphone's over 
And still yeah. still going. He's still singing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah. that shit happens all the time. So, and being, you know, in the band I was in before this, I've seen how fake literally everything is. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it's sad because that becomes like the industry standard. And it gets rid of, you know, someone who, you know, you listen to like an amazing guitar player and there's, you know, some string noise or whatever, but that's like a fucking perfect guitar player this dude's great yeah and then you listen to you know a band like infinite annihilator and that's like what these you know 13 14 15 year old kids are like those guys are the best guitar players ever little do they know like none of them can fucking play any of right. that nor can any human right you know so there's like that whole aspect to it too when shit's like so fake and it just kind of ruins the whole thing and you see a great band with great musicians and it doesn't sound that perfect so people are like these guys suck it's just yeah, like it, just a little off or yeah, something. Yeah, it's and fucking it's like criminal what the, these people have done to like you know that, people's one of our imagination. Was uh, everything is too computerized and too to a click that people are getting mad when it's not perfect. Yeah, album quality. Well, yeah, I, especially yeah the album quality too. You know, someone hears like a, a fudge note or something, and like this guy sucks. Yeah, and yeah. I, I had one that I wanted to bring you up, bring up with you on a, on a separate podcast, but since he kind of buttered up, I wanted to. Uh -huh. We'll bring it up now. Um, you can't just be good anymore. No. And I, I, I we, uh, this came up because we, I was talking with the with the band, and we were talking about movies, and it's weird how like listening to critics and watching critics, but hearing fans go, well, it did, it, it wasn't amazing. Mm. And that's the standard now. The standard is you have to be amazing or you're just bad. There's no like, yo, that was good. Like, hey, I, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. It, you can't just enjoy anything. It has to absolutely blow your mind or it's not good. Yeah. And I feel like that's starting to translate, like Miles said, to music. It yeah. has to be epic yep. or you're just okay. Yeah. Or or you're not or you're or you're not. You're completely not. You're terrible and and you he missed a note. He fucked up a note and then I don't like that band anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean even Yeah, I see the big problem in like especially the tech metal scene with you know and not like shit talking or anything but like bands like Rings or Infinite Annihilator or Buried Alive like all that stuff. Like it's cool, you know, someone's coming up with the music. But you know, seeing those Productions and like playthroughs, like all the playthroughs I did with Rings, I, I spent like two days doing. It was you getting a getting a take like that, yeah, that I was, was happy you. with playing them because I was like trying to do that, you know. But you look at some other people who do stuff like that, and it's like laughably not even like in sync, like just off. Like yeah. it's just literally the track that was you know note for note recorded or slowed down, recorded and sped up, mm -hmm. and they're just like miming to it, and people just don't get it they think it's real yeah and then you watch someone like jeff loomis who's arguably one of the better guitar players around or someone like you know guthrie grove and rick graham yeah and it's not that perfect mm -hmm. i think it's way cooler and better and it's got right. like it's, it's real more, it's more real yeah but you know to the the average person who's like the consumer and the people who are like talking about it and purchasing and you know supporting these bands they just have like no idea you yeah. know so it's a bummer it's too bad but I don't know. Hopefully, one day it'll, it'll. Do you go do you away. see so this? And see, this is this is where things kind of get weird, and we can get deep into this because you're you're in a place where you're in the industry deep enough, but you're also young enough where should something change, um, you can have a big impact on that change. Remember, he's an old man though. Uh, he's right. an old man capacity. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you see the industry or even music fans ever turning? And, and going, you know what, I like something a little bit more real. I like something a little bit more natural sounding. Or do you just see this progression of, like, it's got to be perfect, and if it's not, 
computer perfect, then then it doesn't sell. But to add to that too, is that also just in certain cities, or is that across the board? I think that's everywhere. Yeah. I think on like albums and stuff, people want the perfect perfection. But you know, you look at some people and the live shows are cool, and that's you know like production comes into play. If you've got you know six smoke and lights going on, you fudge a note, someone's probably not going to notice as much. So yeah, so you get a yeah. Floyd and you just dive bomb all your. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think everything comes and goes. Like different styles come, you know, just like fashion. You know, different clo- like clothes from like you know shorter shorts on dudes are real popular again. That was popular what. Like sixties or seventies, I right, think. People right. like, you know, something maybe the same thing will come around with music and you see some of these newer bands. But I think the production's always gonna have to be good because our ears have been like set to that standard. And it just sounds better. You don't want to hear like four point five K hissing, you All know. All the time. Yeah. And but and so that they see I bring that up because uh when uh we went to go see Architects, Kevin bought a ticket and he mm. was able to go see him. And his biggest complaint was and this is funny for me, his biggest complaint was that was too perfect. Like, if I wanted to go listen to the record, I'd go listen to the record. Yeah. And I was like, I was not expecting to hear that from him. Yeah. You know, uh, for me, that's refreshing. For me, that's refreshing to hear somebody who depends on how good a record sounds. That depends on whether they're not whether or not he's going to go buy a ticket. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what Miles is saying. Like, there's got to be a middle ground, at least in my brain. Like, I like a natural sound. I like a live band sound. Yeah. Um, fuck-ups and all. Um with the human. Yeah. You want to hear the human. Where part. I think kind of with what maybe Miles' experience, what Miles' ex- experience was in, in tech death and tech death bands, where the crowd wants perfection. Yeah, and with that kind of music too, it never, it's never going to come off live like perfectly, even if you're a great guitar player and everything. I mean, it's not going to sound horrible, but it's like, it just naturally doesn't sound that good mm. that way it's such a complex thing going on there's only yeah. so much shit people can hear you know one time you know you got 16th notes on the kick you got someone doing you know blast beats and then some guy playing 16th notes on the guitar and the bass is doing whatever and then yeah. like some guy screaming over it it's like yeah. so much you going can't on. hear it yeah like it just never happens it's That's like when people focus on just one instrument and everything else just becomes background right yeah right. so it's you know and that's like something i'm really focusing on with interlopers trying to like write and not, not just me but the whole band is focusing on is writing things that are going to come across really well live i really i really wish we had an interloper track for the intro so that way when we yeah. make these interloper references they could just go back and listen to yeah, it miles yeah <laughs> yeah well it's sad too because a lot of people you know listen to the old stuff like red letter or abso and that's like six years old man. yeah it's like this is like a different person writing. Right. And it's still, it's still new for a lot of people because a lot of people, I feel like, are still discovering interlopers. Yeah. Oh, yeah it's, it's, so. it's, it's not a shame, but it's they're in for a surprise when they hear the new definitely, stuff. Definitely. Yeah. But I think it's going to be a lot better. I, I feel the new music's a lot better. It's a lot more mature. And it still has, you know, those, like, fast parts in it, but it's more special now. It's like when you listen to a band that just has, like, you know, three and a half minutes of blast beats the entire song and a breakdown in between. It's like, at... 100% the whole time. Yeah. With interlope is a lot more dynamic, so when you get those like shreddy, fast, you know, really aggressive parts, the impact's there. It's not just like, oh yeah, I've been listening to, you know, 30 bars of Blast Beats. Right, you know? right. It's like when it comes in, it's like, oh shit, what happened? Oh, this back to, you know. That's really, what, really uh, that's kind of how I felt when I went to go see Whitechapel. I was watching Whitechapel, I'm like, yo, this is dope, and then the fourth song in, I'm like, they're just working to get to the breakdown. <laughs> Alright, that's cool. I mean, it's cool, but it's just, it gets very, uh, it's very uh, formulaic. Oh, okay. I, I get it. We're, we're just waiting for that big breakdown. Yeah. And it's cool. And, and the kids are going off. Yeah. But once I got to the fourth song and I'm deciphering like, all right, the, this part, this part, breakdown. This part, this part, breakdown. 
this part, this part. Big breakdown. <laughs> Big breakdown. I was like, all right. Bigger breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just... I, yeah. I, I, you sound great live. Yeah. yeah. The biggest breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> the other thing, too, with the Loper stuff is, like, the clean vocals. Well... It's, like, almost all clean vocals. The, the thing that thing. I liked about what you've sent me as, as previews... Oh, yeah. ...is that I get to think... Like, I get to really think about what's coming next and what this part is. And, like, there's not something that's, like, I'm always tuned into it. I can never just, like, it's not, not background music. You can't just not focus no. on it? No. It very much, like, yo, like, did you hear that part? All right. Whoa, did you hear that part? Like, it's always, like, there's something more exciting coming next yeah. because I'm, I'm, I'm focused in on it. I'm, I'm honed in on everything that's going on. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, it's cool, too, and... Not in a negative way against, you know, bands that have harshes, because, like, dude, some of my... Like, I've been listening to bands that have harshes on repeat in my car for, like, months now. Like, yeah. It's awesome, but it does, you know, I feel like objectively take away from the music, because it's such an over overpowering sound mm -hmm. that when you have, like, a clean melody going in, you know, with notes that are blending that are fitting in key with what's happening mm -hmm. you know you feel i feel like everything really comes across a lot clearer and has a lot more like harmonic push and drive and like it's able to be held on to you know because mm -hmm. when you have something with harshes it's just like whoa yeah. you know it's, yeah. it's not there's no like pitch or anything you know sometimes it's like gojira and you know bands that do stuff like that it's awesome the aggression stuff with it's super cool and there are harshes on it like i i think it's great but i think with the cleans you're able to really have a lot more of an image in your head with the music yeah, it's a lot more dynamic. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, like Protest Hero, kind of same, yeah, same kind of thing. Yeah, that's a great example. Great yeah. example of, of a band that could have gone with just harsh vocals, but made it even more interesting having to get those clean vocals perfect. Yeah, and like Volition was awesome. You hear everything, and the melodies, the vocals complement. You know the the music that's going on, whether it's you know going along with the music or doing its own line. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, you know, some vocalists you can you know really understand the lyrics well with harshes and others you can't right so not only that are you getting you know a cool melody and harmonic like you know image in your head you know you're hearing so many more layers to things that aren't being kind of drowned out by the scream you're also hearing you know like a story of the lyrics in your head right that sounds so old person cliche but weird like normie to say but like that but in a, in a weird way that thought process is already so different compared to what's the trend right now just yeah. that line of thought process that you just went through, your normal, what, 14 to 25-year-old music listener doesn't tune into things like that. So it's, it's refreshing that you think that big about what you want to do in, in Interloper, you yeah. know? And I, think, I think it'll come across live really well, too. Yeah. You know? And even with, like, the density of the songs, a lot of it's, you know, octave stuff, too. So it's, like, if you look at a band like Arcspire, I think those guys are sick, but they've got, you know, so many different things happening in guitar. You know, like, one guitar is doing an ascending line, the other's doing a descending line. Mm -hmm. Like, sometimes that's hard to hear live if you're not having, like, a, you know, really good venue or really good mix. But with a lot of the interloper stuff, like I, you know, just said, it's really, really trying to make sure everything is going to sound, like, sick live and not be mud. Yeah, or come across you know harder, and nothing Definitely. against any of those other bands. It's awesome what those guys do is fucking sick. All, those guys are all awesome dudes, and their music's cool. But you know, it's just like a harder to pull off thing live of because it's just like even if it was a mastered track going through, it's still just like holy shit. There's so much happening. Yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah, and it's tough. Um, so. Definitely. Uh, do you? 
who do you see Interloper being able to tour with? Because for me, like, my first thought was, like, Between the Buried and Me. Like, I feel like that'd be a dope tour for you guys. Too, yeah. yeah, I can see, like, bands like BT Bam, Contortionist, Tesseract, uh, Protest the Hero, Periphery. Um, God, I mean, really, any, like, clean singing band, Nightwish, even, like, I mean, that would be insane. That'd be crazy. But, talk about like... Crazy. Talk about production. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that would arguably fit yeah. you know in my opinion um shit even heavier bands too it depends though i mean it depends on like what kind of heavy it is because if you go like if we played on a deathcore tour people would be like fuck this band for sure you know because that's just like the style it's like too far but if we played you know maybe like a a lamb of god thing or something sure. or like like that five finger death punch tour that's going right. around right now something like that would fit because that's like you know really extreme stuff too mm. and has the harshes and stuff but then there's been like breaking benjamin like bad wolves on there too which has you know very much both right so there's a lot of different things and like it's a lot less closed of a you know potential touring oh, environment God, yeah. than oh. it is with you know for like a tech death band yeah you yeah, know, it's real versatile. D- definitely, so interloper, interloper opens up a lot of opportunities to play with a whole gamut of different bands, and I think that's going to be one of your biggest benefits. Like, mm-hmm. you you cannot you cannot not fit on something. It's almost harder to put you on something that you don't fit on. Yeah, in, in my opinion, because yeah. like you said, unless you're going on a death metal tour or a tech death tour or I don't know. I even but even then, it depends on what bands are playing. Yeah, I was going to say, there's, there's a lot of listeners that you would know, probably if still... If it's like a straight-up slam tour with Ingested and within Destruction, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if it's, like, you know, like... Yeah, and I mean, thing. the music does have a lot of, like... Crossover. There's a lot more pulled-back, like, parts in it, but there's definitely still, like, arguably some, like, a lot of the interloper shit just rips. But, you know, we've made it where it's, like, not so in your face. It's, sure. like, there's shredding going on, but it's more, a little bit more melodic, so it's not so just, like, what the hell... And so I think it could fit on tours like, excuse me, like that. Let me know. You know, definitely aiming for the bigger, you know, not bigger, but like more mainly like clean singing type sure. bands is what I was trying sure. to say. Yeah. Go on tour with Killswitch. Yeah. Killswitch? Yeah. yeah. Just that, do, just dude, do shit, like tour. bands like that could work too. I mean, it's do, like. Do a kill like, switch. Kill switch get at Anthrax and Interloper. Yeah. That would, that would be tight. Kill, <laughs> maybe kill maybe in a couple Loper. years. <laughs> <laughs> shit. The Killthrax Loper tour. I already called it. I named it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's see. So we can either continue on gear nerd stuff, or we can try a new segment that I wanted to try out. Well, I got one more question. Go for it. Of all the guitar companies, why did you pick? Oh. Because I'm a diehard Schecter fan. Well, initially it was they had a left-handed eight-string. That was a, that was initially what drew me there True. when I was with Rings. Wow. And well, Agile does too. Yeah, but Agile's That's not. True. Not. I guess you're right. Yeah. Agile's uh, not to the quality that Schecter hey. is. <laughs> I, I don't give a fuck. Fuck Agile. They, they trash. Yeah. I saw that Les Paul with a fan fret and I was like, this is <laughs> garbage. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's criminal. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that that was it. And then they uh, were willing to work with me and stuff and they just have other cool guitars and, and on top of that, they have a lot of left-handed stuff in general too. Mm-hmm. And being yeah. now that I'm not with rings and even when I was, I, was, I dropped down to a seven because I'm not about eight strings and now I'm only playing like a six-string Super Strat pretty much it um, so that was you, what made me stick. prefer Schecter over all the other companies that are out there that well that's that's actually what i was gonna, gonna get to Ernie Ball and yeah LTD. yeah i think so and a big reason is you know because they really do also cater not only their sick people but they cater to the left-handed market and you know companies like ibanez there's not they really don't. there's no, they there's, really don't. there isn't shit you know companies like 
every other company. <laughs> it's like custom shop or garbage. Or that's it. Or that's it. You know, yeah. Schecter has like every, almost every model they make left-handed. And it was like, this is awesome. And I'll call it out. Uh, the only other company that I can think of that caters a little bit more to left, or a little bit, caters to left-handed to, to an equivalent is uh, Andrew, the other guitarist for Interloper, Legator. goes with Legator. And was there a reason that you didn't... I have my reason why I don't like Legator. And it's Same. a very... Same. It's a very... Um, you don't want to say anything. No, fuck him. I, I think we saw. I think we've said it on this podcast no, before. I'm talking about him. Oh, well, he he's he's a dude. All so. the people there are real nice dudes. No, they're not. No, they're not. <laughs> they're not. I've had a nice experience with with almost everyone there. Well, I'm glad. In you my have. personal experience, I'm, I'm glad you have then. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, yeah that, that was the only other one that I could think of that uh, each of their models come in left hand, but. I mean, for me, their their QC is was it trash. Three year, like at the time, like three four years ago, did they still have all the left-handed stuff going on? Yeah. Or is that more recent? That's a good no, question. They had, they had did they? Stuff yeah. Huh. I don't. I don't. I don't remember. I don't. I don't know. I think I did. I, had I one think of their early models, and it would. It had a left-handed option. Yeah, it had a left-handed option. I think I looked up left-handed eight-string guitars, and I think literally one of the only ones I found. Maybe one was like it was years ago. I don't remember. Sure. But I think it was Schecter. Yeah. You know, and that was why I ended up contacting them. So. And Schechter seems to treat you very well. Like you guys have had awesome. a, a great relationship so far, and he loves Schechter. So yeah, yeah, I've been, they've been real cool, giving me a lot of cool stuff, and you know, giving me a lot of cool opportunities to do things, and working on some cool things coming up in the future too. Super S exciting signature model. Maybe I'm already calling it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling it My Miles uh, Baker si signature model. Thanks. Six string seafoam green. Left-handed only. Left-handed only. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gonna gonna sell real well with those. It's gonna be great. Yeah, yeah. No, if I did do something like that, it would be a, it would be a strat though. Super strat. It'd be the most super strat that's ever existed. Definitely, yeah. definitely. In that seafoam green. <laughs> Got some ideas. Because you've been liking. Is it the what is it called? The Californian or the the Sun Valley Super Sun Strat? Sun Valley. Sun Valley. Sorry. Yeah. For some reason, I was thinking of. I think it's super sick. Yeah, it's it's dumb. tight. Yeah, it's fun. It's I, I look at it and I'm like, I want to play this. <laughs> you know, it's cool and it's like it's like such a fun color too because it's not like, and I I love like you know metal looking guitars. I think sure. it's cool, but it's just like a fun like reminds me of like driving down PCH with the top down in the car or something. You know? <laughs> so I just look at it and I'm like, I want to. It just makes you smile. Yeah, yeah it's Absolutely. fun. It it's makes cool. you want to play. Yeah, and it you yeah, know you can you play whatever you want on it. It's like. It's just an inspiring guitar. The color's Definitely. cool. Yeah, I don't. That sounds really fucking corny. But no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> we get a lot worse on here. So, um, but yeah, no, that's definitely a dope guitar. And and like I said, they seem like they've treated you very well. You got a great relationship over there. Yeah, dude. they're so really awesome. cool people, and I lucked out very much with <laughs> with those people being as awesome as they are to me. For sure, it's super cool. Nice. What's your segment? Oh, we're gonna try it. All right. So I wanted to try a new segment on the podcast, and. Uh, I don't know how to how to say it other than I picked up an idea about using a dating site questions, but add, asking them to musicians. Okay. <laughs> wow. And you give your honest answer, but you you only get ten questions, and it's just four hundred questions that I have on a website. God damn. And it's just randomly picked. Okay. So it's the it's these ten questions, Perfect. and you have. Gotta, <laughs> gotta answer them. Okay. Okay. Let's do it. So, Miles, we'll start with you for your 10, okay? Okay. For the first one, who inspires you and who do you aspire to be like? Tom Petty. 
I'm Betty. I already fucking blew it, I guess. Um, <laughs> no, um, <coughs> you have to pick one person? I'm just as long as not, not Magic Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Mag- Magic Johnson. No. Um, Best porn name used in the wrong, like... Dude, I saw that you, meme. Yeah, that'd be great. I saw that. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I can't pick one person that is, inspires me. I guess I'd, if I had to pick a person that encompasses many different things, it'd be someone who is successful, smart, and driven. And it inspires me to also be the same thing. I want to do nice things, have nice things, be fun, be nice, and just not have a bad life. Gotcha. So <laughs> it's pretty, so it's pretty straightforward. Gandhi. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. What is the weirdest scar you have, and how did you get it? The weirdest star? Scar. Oh, scar. Then he said scar. It's probably the, like, one, the one on my face for my cat now. <laughs> oh, yeah. The right, one right, right here, got, yeah. You got your new Joker scar. Yeah. Tried, <laughs> to, give, tried to give me a fucking Chelsea grin, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I was... Uh, Oh, he was laying on my stomach, and he does he's not a cat like that scratches or anything. It wasn't an intentional thing, and he's really easy to startle and super funny, so I fuck with him all the time. Yeah. And I scared him, and he jumped, but he jumped away from where I scared him, which was by my legs, and he just landed on my face. Oh, shit. And that was it. That was that. That was that. Okay, so next one is, do you believe in ghosts? Maybe. Maybe? I, I do. I, I, I want to. Okay. I, I think I, I think it could be cool. Yeah. Sense he does. We'll keep it to five just because I feel like ten is going to be too much. Uh, okay. Which would be harder for you to give up, coffee or alcohol? Alcohol. Alcohol. Damn. <laughs> now you're, he's already like I'm not, uh, That's a tough one. <laughs> okay. What is something you've always wanted to try but have been scared to? Skydiving or something like that. I had a feeling like, he was gonna say that. Yeah, something like that. Any of those extreme <laughs> things, like scuba diving, shit like that. That so I want to, but it's like I also don't want to die. It's not worth it. That's a good reason. <laughs> okay, well that's your five. That's definitely definitely different. Yeah, that's cool. I like I like okay. this idea. That's cool. That yeah. is fun. you're five, you ready? Yeah. Okay. What is your most bizarre talent? Bizarre talent? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. Now remember, these are all from a dating site, so these these are actual questions from a very particular dating site. My most bizarre talent. Ejaculation on command. Do <laughs> <laughs> you not have any talent? <laughs> well, bizarre. Though? Bizarre talent. No. Not that I can. Uh, questions. Yeah, not not that I can. Um, not that I've discovered. Okay. At least you're, not yet. Not you're not flexible in any weird way? Should, yeah. we, should we call Tamara and ask? <laughs> <laughs> no. Not. Okay. Okay. I don't know. Uh, is there a documentary or book that really changed the way you thought about something? There is a book, yeah. Uh, Mysterious Stranger by Mark Twain. Oh. Nice. Uh, yeah, I know. It's so weird, too. It's so weird. Have you ever read it? It's it's a short one, but it's it's weird. What is a misconception others often have about you? A misconception? Yeah. That I'm always an asshole. I'm only part-time asshole. That's uh, debatable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I think that was this was four. What is one thing you want to give up? Bad habit. Addiction. One thing I want to give up. Excessive masturbation. 
Laziness. 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 Gluttony. You feel, you feel like you're a little... My gluttony. <laughs> you feel too, a little too lazy sometimes? Oh, I don't yeah. think gluttony and laziness... I think gluttony is overeating. It's, it's one and the same thing. Does that go, go with the same thing? Because I'm hungry all the time, but I'm, then I'm too lazy to go exercise. Gotcha. Too lazy to stop eating. <laughs> that too. Boom. It's it's like, a vi- you mean I got to stop? What is, what is the one from... Uh, it's a vicious cycle. <laughs> I'm too lazy, too lazy to eat, but too lazy to stop eating. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is something that comes easier to you than it does for most people? Self-loathing, self-loathing about eating. <laughs> uh, probably hiding anger. Okay. Okay. I was hoping you were gonna say yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that's a solid answer. That's that's a new segment we're gonna start incorporating. Hey, you got five. I haven't thought of the name of it. If you want to do it, you want to read it here. Yeah, you need five. to answer this too. Oh, hey. Okay, you're next. You're next. All right. Five. Just, just find five, five randoms that you you want to want to read. Daisy, chill. What's one fear you know is holding you back? Uh, failing. If you had to spend a year alone with one other person, who would it be and why? And don't say Kristen. Miles. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah! Perfect. Party. Right. <laughs> yeah. Too much. <laughs> uh. What would be a question you'd be afraid to tell the truth on? Oh. Excessive uh, um. masturbation. I, I was going to say, like, <laughs> I, there's definitely one that I'm not even sure I want to put on the pocket. Po- uh, <laughs> the n- number of relationships I've had. Okay. Okay. That's like a self-incriminating question. Yeah. Because there's, there's no, just, just there's admitting no right it. number. Yeah, well, and I mean, if you like answering that honestly, it's like, already just like, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, these are all kind of dumb. Yeah, they, they, there's, there's a few that are really cheesy, but like I said, they're mainly for a, uh, for a dating site, so you got to kind of make them cater to mu- musicians. Yeah. Well, not really. I mean, just, just something that's a little more interesting than just like being on a dating thing. Um, come on, come on, Javi, pick it up. What fact about you surprises people the most? What fact about me surprises people the most that I am um, w- I work on seventeen things all at the same time, and I never like people don't really think I work on that much. But running two podcasts, a band, recording, reading, uh, you know, four different jobs. Uh, and then still trying to maintain a relationship and cook all in basically the same day. Okay. And your last one. If you could live in a fantasy world, be it Hogwarts or Narnia, where would you choose and why? Uh, Hogwarts seems more interesting. Uh, there's just... Uh, uh, Hermione's 18 now, isn't she? So... <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's My the dreams come true. <laughs> Party. So that's I gotta still figure out a name for that segment, but but uh, yeah, we're gonna start trying to incorporate that one for every yeah. every show now. We gotta get like a like in on talk radio. Yeah, have a little chime in thing. Yes, that'd be dope. Every time that'd be sick. Okay, so we'll go 
a little longer, and okay. then we'll call it a day. So, do you have any other questions for Miles? Do you have any? Do you have anything you want to talk about that's been going on in in music world? No, no. I mean, I don't know. That's more of personal stuff. Okay. Like I'm working on a song, and it's like super like intense. But I'm trying to change it to go more dynamic. Okay. And it's like a time signature change and a key change. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know music theory, so it's fucking hard for me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> Well, yeah, he could, he could probably help you with that since yeah, he's no, he's very versed in music theory. For sure. Well, right now we're in the middle of recording the next record, just getting just getting everything figured out, and you know, hopefully, Arson comes out with something before the end of the year, and that'd be dope. That'd be nice. Um, that's been really it. And then just restarting the other podcast. Uh, I'm going to restart Nerd Out with uh, Phil Mm -hmm. and then uh, I'm still going to be doing the commentary channel I just got to figure out what the uh, uh, what that subject matter is going to be well you have like 50,000 names to choose from Yeah. so good luck with that one so I'm going to be doing a a, a pro wrestling commentary channel Yeah. so that'll be fun I think I'm going to stick with uh, Japanese wrestling though because uh, they're commentators uh, professional wrestling like sumos? Fuck off. Because <laughs> their commentary is uh, exclusively in Japanese. You know Japanese? No, I don't. But I think it'd be this a nice. Be interesting. I think it'd be a nice departure to have those matches commentated in English. It's gonna be like Godzilla, the old ones. <laughs> you gonna see their mouth moving? Just Godzilla. I, I should do one of those. I should do <laughs> a, a commentary of a Godzilla fight, but as a pro wrestler. Dude, yes. That'd be dope. It's as a pro wrestling match. Um, no, that's basically it right now. Uh, any releases you're looking forward to? Any what? Releases. Any band you want to see release something sooner? Well, we're, I'm just I'm still getting over Warp Tour be, being over. Yesterday was the last Warp Tour oh, yeah. ever. That's so, right. Yeah. Yeah. So that well, no, you know, cross country. Cross did you, country. Did you go last. to any of them? I went to this year or yes. Yeah, I went to the one in uh, Pomona. Fuck, I didn't see you there. Oh, yeah, I did. I totally didn't see you <laughs> yeah, there. You <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 you did. We were watching Eats It together. I was in it to win it that day. You were you were uh, backstage a lot of the day. And uh, cool. But no, I, I, went to, I went to a lot of them through the years. And, like, yeah, the, the, the cross-country side of Warp Tour is over, which we've already heard rumors about. Um, now they're saying it's going to be a three-day weekend. Yeah. So... Like a festival? Yeah. Um... Like Ozfest, yeah. Like how Ozfest ha- goes to, to be warped weekend or something. Yeah, I think I think that's. I think they're going to probably just take a year off. I don't know why are they stopping it though. He's losing money. He's losing way too much money for it. Before this, before this past warp tour, other than a few California dates and I think a few Florida dates and I think the couple Texas dates, every day was empty. Wow. And then that gets very expensive. Yeah. And it gets rained out a lot in the Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, yeah. Every Warp Tour I've seen, there's always, like, several shows that get canceled because of the weather. Right. I think there was one major one was in Florida this year mm-hmm. when it just would not stop raining. Yeah. Uh, we had some of the guys Necro from... Saw post about that. Yeah. Some of the guys from uh, Mortis Viventi had done a post, and it... Yeah, I don't know if it was a monsoon. Yeah, it was just really heavy rain. Remember last year I saw one that was, uh, I think my... Guy I know Greg, he drives for a lot of bands. He does like bandwagon driving and stuff. Mm-hmm. He had a video from one of the shows, and it was like 
halfway up his leg, like the bottom part of his leg. Jesus. Yeah, it was like way past his ankles, just completely flooded. Like wow. The whole place. Get a fucking kayak, bro. And yeah, he, you could have kayaked through it, honestly. You know, yeah, and for me, like my brain goes to like all the electricity going through that that stuff, all oh, the gear, sure. yeah, yeah. all the major hazard. Yeah, all the things that just can get ruined by that much <coughs> rain, that much water. Constantly, yeah, or one drop of water in the wrong place, yeah. let alone a torrential well, downpour. Yeah. There goes your exercise. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god! Everything. There goes your whole. There goes your life, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, that's why you get two amp. You just put it in rice. Yeah. You get one drop on like your power conditioner, and your that's entire it. rig's fucked. Game <laughs> over. Yeah. The whole thing's <laughs> over. It's all done. That's it. So, but yeah, um, yeah, it's looking like a weekend. Um, I think. I mean, I would think they would probably do it in the same place that they do Ozfest, the San... San Bernardino? San Bernardino, uh, <laughs> is it the fairgrounds? Glen or? Helen Parkway? I think or so. Amphitheater? No, yeah. that's not Glen Helen. No, uh, it's something else now. The San Manuel... San, uh, I think Samuel, so. San Manuel Amphitheater. Yeah. So I think they'll probably do it there. That seems to be the place that a lot of the festivals tend to go to. You can have multiple stages. You have the one big stage. Um, yeah. Well, even the... Um, Citizens Bank Arena area okay. out there, too. It's pretty big. Okay. Um, I wonder if it'll be, like, throughout the year, different markets, like, northeast, southeast. I would hope so. Cause, Southwest, uh, northwest. I kind of wanted to bring this up to you guys because, you know, with something like Warp Tour shutting down, uh, do you feel like the demand for live shows is going to come back? Or do you feel like this is kind of like... Everybody did their last, like, well, I guess I'll go since the final Warp Tour, but I'm not going to shit after this. Uh, I don't think it's going to come back more. I think it's still be the same. Um, of course, you're going to get maybe a little influx, but nothing crazy, nothing noticeable. I think it'll be the same. Think so? Yeah, I mean, there's like some, it's just another tour that doesn't happen every year. Although, granted, it's, you know, this is a gnarly, like, how many bands are in Warped? Like, 70 bands or something? something? 70, 80 bands. At yeah, every, every day. Year. Yeah, I don't, there's nothing, like, of that extent, but... See, I mean, it's, I think, honestly, by that not happening, more people are going to go to other shows. Just to see, that, that's, that's what I'm hoping for. Um, yeah, because there's kids that would save up all year for that one show. Right. Now they have to go to, like, eight. Exactly. And, see, that's, that's kind of where my brain kind of went to because, like you said, 70-plus bands. How much is a ticket for Warped Tour, too? Like, uh, I think it was, like, 30 bucks. Yeah. That's yeah. it? It wasn't 30, much. 40 bucks. Yeah. Oh. Not too bad. I um, thought it was way more. Wow. You, you know, these 70 bands, if they're going for this one long summer tour, um, now you have to break those 70 bands into, you know, three bands per tour. That's a lot of tours going on. So that's might where, oversaturate it. That's where my brain kind of went was like now that these 70 bands aren't looking for this one summer tour that the routing's taken care of like all these bookings are taken care of there's usually a guaranteed crowd now you have to break that up into um, mid-tier club tours where your Tuesday through Tuesday through Friday can be a shit show because you're hoping for Saturday Sunday shows you know so I don't know that's that, that's kind of my monetary brain went to was like this is kind of gonna hurt yeah I mean, it depends too it depends that's only talking in the United States though it's very true touring is so much more uh, profitable and successful Extremely. in Europe and Australia and and profitable I think it's more profitable in the States you think so in my experience in your experience for sure um, it just, I guess it's hard because we see the stuff from Europe where three, four, or five festivals a year, and they're just packed. Oh, yeah. I mean, the festivals and stuff are gnarly, too. I mean, 
but I think I think the like merch sales and guarantees are better in the states, mm-hmm. and then you don't have like the you know bringing the money back over and all that stuff. Yeah, and the, the, the taxes and you know it's merch is a little bit more expensive out there too. Um, but on the other hand, I mean the euro is better than the dollar. But I mean you're also running there's like ton of different currencies in Europe. And then you have to have like you know your passports, and yeah, stuff your visas, like that. And all that shit. Oh, everything yeah. ready. You lose your passport, you're pretty much fucked. Yeah, and flights. And I, I mean, it depends on the tour and like what size band you are. I mean, if you're a huge, you know, high level band, it's fine, I'm sure. But you know, for smaller bands, you know, like even like considering like rings in that smaller tier, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, flights do cut in a lot to stuff because especially when you have a amazing management team booking extremely expensive flights. <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah, no, I mean, that, it, it adds up. And then if you're a normal band and have, you know, a lot of gear, the baggage overages are of course, fucking yeah. psycho, dude. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. We, 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 you and I talked about that when you were trying to pack your two guitars I- into one thing. And that was like, this is part of my carry-on. This is what I got to take. Yeah, you know, I, I, I got a keyboard case and I made it into a two-guitar bunked case. And it's like 49 pounds. It's like you, right, right under the limit. It's perfect. You would be surprised how many, um, especially being around Chris, how many musicians that travel um, wish they had what you what you had made. So many guys don't get access to a double guitar case. Well, it's a keyboard case. Yeah, but but even oh. just having a double guitar case, like it's not an option for a lot of guys, so they end up with two guitar cases Doesn't and shit. Does make one though? They used to, and this is I kind of wanted to get to yeah, that. The they, G tour, right? They used to. Um, the soft case, though, right? Pete, no, 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 a hard, a hard case, case, a roller, oh. a roller yeah. case. Those Anki cases now are like oh, what's yeah. taking over. Those, those are and nice. the Dixon case. Those yeah. Dixon cases are like eight hundred dollars. Exactly. Though. Those Anki ones we saw them at Nam. Um, Seems were sick. Anki's are what's up. Yeah. Pete asked Gator uh-huh. if they would restart making it, and they're gonna they're gonna start seeing if they can't restart the line again mm. with double guitar cases. Yeah. I mean, that'd be dope. I just want one just to want just to have one just to have a double guitar case. Yeah, like a hard one, even yeah. for like not flying and stuff would be cool. Yeah, I've got like a double soft one, but I think I think if I don't know, depending on the price point, I mean those Anki cases I think are pretty expensive though. But Is that's that, like I think they're like two fifty or three fifty. That's it. Yeah. That's oh not, wow. Because I think they're just pla- they're plastic injection molded, uh-huh. so they're not uh, they're not handmade. They're not cut out of wood. They're they're just hard plastic. They're supposed to be like crazy safe though and mm-hmm. light, mm-hmm. and you can fit like three guitars in them. Like that's you can't fucking beat that. No, you know, I'd be like, way down for if the price like point for the double ones like close to the Anki, it's like why would you just not Worth get it. the other one? You know, um, because there's uh, companies that make them that are that are like that, but they're road cases. Mm-hmm. Like uh, GOMC makes them. Get off my case in Fullerton. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They make uh, a guitar vault that's loaded that way. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, that's. I would love to have one of those. Yeah. Because, I mean, even the one I made, it's it's good, but, like, it's if not the guitar doesn't get put back in the right way, the neck support's wrong, and then if some TSA asshole, which I can pretty much confirm almost all of those people are assholes, um, does something wrong, your guitar's going to fucking snap, you know? So... And, and... Dude, those people are insane. It's tough with, with stuff like yours, especially because it's not like you can just go to the local guitar center and find the same thing. You know, most of your stuff is either extended range, and all of your stuff is left-handed. Yeah, so left-handed enough is the big problem. Yeah. With interloper, it'd be easier because it'd be just I need to write a left-handed six-string. Sure. Know? But when I was with rings, I was like, huh. especially when I was playing the eight, it's like I'm not, we're screwed. Um, something we brought up before on the podcast that I ca- that you kind of touched on that I I'd like to come back to is um, 
kind of what you were saying with traveling with being a big band, Warp Tour being catered to maybe high high mid tier and then higher tier bands. Um, something that we've talked about at extent is kind of feels like there's not really a mid tier for bands anymore. You really have top tier bands and local and local. There's not really a working man's band tier anymore. I mean, I think there's a lot of bands that go out and tour, but I think they all, I don't think they're making enough to like really fully do it. And there will be like an end date unless someone has just a killer job or a ton of money or something, you know, it's like the perfect situation to do it. But yeah, I mean, you're either making enough money to get by and able to tour and constantly tour or I feel like you're not. It's hard. Yeah, that's weird. There, There is like a smaller, it's like a very small mid tier. And then you, but I mean, then the high tier, even the high tier for like a band, like say, you know, what, what's like some of those big ass bands right now? Parkway well, Drive, Asking Alexander. Sure. Those guys are like not that big in the big picture of things. The, when you look at it that way, you like look at you know an Ariana Grande tour. It's exactly. Like Parkway Drive, who? You yeah. Know? Like, and that, and that's such a great like that's such a great point it's because crazy. you say Parkway Drive, uh, A Day to Remember. Yeah. Those are prestige tier bands. Oh, those like, guys are those huge. Are, but like you said, in the in the they're not Justin Timberlake. Yeah, in the not yeah. metal world or rock world, yeah. it's like look at bands like Foo Fighters, or dude, like any any fucking radio band, really. Yeah. Like the like country artists, like Keith Urban, like yeah. selling out like twenty five thousand arenas, like right. cap arenas every night. But I mean, then there are some metal bands like Five Finger Death Punch. That tour they're doing right now is doing insane. Mm-hmm. Have you seen any of those photos from the shows? Which is so weird because you see the. I get I, I see those pictures from the shows, but I always hear the opposite end about Five Finger, where it's like it's um, it's generic or it's boring or this that. But if they it were that sells. bad, they wouldn't be selling out these shows. So yeah, well, that's a cool package. Breaking Benjamin and um, Bad Wolves. That band like blew up their first week for their new record. Their first record at that I think was over twenty thousand. Jesus, that's insane. That's crazy, especially yeah. right now. Yeah, um, I, I think the think bigger thing that. is like how bands draw though, and obviously that. Three-band tour package is selling twenty thousand tickets a night. Right. Um, yeah. No. We had we have had a couple discussions about low, mid, high, mid, yeah. high tier, prestige tier, gold tier. Like I didn't think, and I didn't think about that in the in the even bigger picture of like yeah bands that can sell out really well compared to the metal genre. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or like Green Day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like. And you look at these bands that like can do a one-off just themselves and pull an arena. Right. You know, like those. I think most of those big tier like pop tours and stuff don't have like opening acts. Most of them don't. I don't think. You know, if Lady Gaga goes on tour, no, it's like absolutely. That, there's that's no, there's nobody there. They're, yeah. they're, you're watching four hours of Lady Gaga. Yeah. And it's you're selling out the Honda Center. Yeah. You know, but then you have to put together you know like a package like. Summer Slaughter, for example, in the metal scene where, you know, some of the top dogs are, you know, headlining at some years. And there's 10 bands on there and it's struggling to pull 2,000. And see, that's, I I feel like we've talked about that before where you do something like Summer Slaughter or All Stars where you get 10 of what I would think is mid-tier bands to make a good show. Yeah. But nobody comes out. I mean, the shows aren't bad, but I mean, it's like, you know, a lot of those venues were like thousand, two thousand cap, and the shows were great on Slaughter. Yeah, most that's of the time, right. like some market with, yeah, with just, rings, right? Yeah, yeah. Some markets, you know, some cities you play just suck, and that's it. But you know, anytime we were like in a major market, it's like the shows were sick. It's like venues were almost full every night. But you know, you're looking at those numbers of, 
you know, it's a 2,000 cap venue and it's still not full. Yeah. And then you have, you know, Joe Schmo, whoever, whatever artist, you know, top tier, selling out, you know, uh, an arena with 25,000 people. Right. By himself. Do you feel like there's a way for the mid-tier to actually exist then? Like, is there a way that the mid-tier comes back and is relevant? Maybe. I mean, I, mean, I, think, I think it still is now. There's a lot of mid-tier bands that are touring around right now, I mean. But I just don't know, like, how long they can do it for or what. I mean, it's just a grind. It's, like, it's just so much harder for those bands. And, like, what, like, what is a mid-tier band? Like, you're we've, we've gone through a couple, like what I guess would be mid-tier. Like, they're not quite able to... Like, say you play the Glass House, but you don't sell out the Glass House. Or you, or you play uh, the Grove as, like, the third, not the headliner. Like, um, like Rings would be a mid-tier band. I, I never considered Rings a mid-tier band. I thought when Rings came through to... I think you guys played Chain as a headliner. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, like, Chain never gets this full. It's like Currents. Currents. Currents could be a mid-tier Pressure cracks is probably mid tier. Fever's getting getting to that upper mid. Um, mid tier. Mid tier in a way that's relevant is kind of what I'm trying to think of. I feel like this is a very subjective thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. I don't know. Um, like I would say, volumes is kind of a mid tier band. Oh, I mean, okay, that th- okay, yeah, I mean. Does that kind of make a little bit more sense? Yeah, I can relate with that. I mean, they tour, they do their thing. They seem to do all right. But I don't see them getting to that next step. Oh, that's you know a, what I mean? I've like, completely misunderstood your question. This like I don't time. see I don't see mid-tier getting I don't see a mid-tier band that gets to be a headliner. No, I, don't I think when a, you've been a mid-tier or whatever tier band for X amount of years and it's not significantly increasing, that's just it. Some bands play plateau. Yeah. But, I mean, they could probably stay around forever as a mid-tier band and, like, keep doing it, you okay. know, and they'll be okay. Like, in a weird way for me, like, Between the Baird and Me went from being low mid-tier to mid-tier to high mid-tier to being a fucking headlining band. Yeah. You yeah, know, they're great. Know. And also with what I said, nothing nothing against volumes at all. No, I, no, I, no, I, don't, no. I mean, they, I, I'm not completely familiar with them, but, like... Maybe their next album blows up and then they go to the next, you know, thing. I, I don't know. It all depends. Sure. And some bands kind of, like, come and go, too, in, like, ways where it's, they're really big for a minute and then they're small again mm-hmm. and then they blow up again. Like I feel like that was kind of like Black Dahlia with, yeah, like, this new record. Black yeah. I'll like, go, was that what you were thinking of? Yeah. Was that, was that really who you think? thinking yeah. of? Yeah. It was like, yeah, after this newest record came out, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Connecting. Yeah. It's a couch. You, just, you guys just became best friends. It's the casting couch. On the podcast. I was just going to say that, too. <laughs> We're going to do that picture. We're going to put Miles in the middle, and I'm just going to put casting couch. Oh, I mean, shit. I mean podcasting couch. <laughs> podcasting couch. Oh, shit. That'd be good. Um, yeah, no, Black, Black Dahlia is a great example. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Talk about a sick guitar player. Right. Fuck. Brandon Ellis is just so good. Do you um, ever just learn other people's solos just to fuck it? Uh, no, not really. No, I don't play as much guitar as I should. Yeah, me either. <laughs> You're full of shit. You're so. <laughs> I, I don't. I really don't. <laughs> he only plays like eight hours a day. Yeah, yeah. I like. That's I, I, I do, maybe like an hour, honestly. Lately. Um. I kind of want to talk about his practice thing now. That's that what, pra- what practice thing. So, do you find yourself like like you you are, uh, arguably one of the better guitarists that I think we've ever seen, but how has your 
practice thing changed from being little miles to to where you are now. <laughs> to big miles. Yeah, little, little miles. Um, yeah, that was all I did when I was younger, and now I feel like I'm at a point where improvements are such a longer drawn time period before okay. I see something. You know, like what I've been working on this past like year. You know, and seeing an improvement is like my bends and vibrato have gotten really good. You know, like you know, in my opinion, they're good. There's people who are way better. Sure. But, you know, like, I've noticed a really big improvement, and I've gotten, you know, far more comfortable and accurate and, you know, just a lot better at them. But when I was younger, you know, I would see these improvements in, like, a week, you oh, know? Because, yeah. like, I'd be, oh, I can, you know, my picking hand's a little faster or, like, you know, something like that. And now it's, like, shit, I can't go, like, it's so fast, I can't go faster, you know? So it's, like, I don't know. So it seemed, because... I like that you did. You hit on both sides. That you're saying your picking technique is, you know, has gotten better when that you noticed when you were younger. But then you get to something very specific, like your vibrato has gotten better. So, do you feel like the range for what can get better has gotten so laser, like laser thin? Like, I know I need to work on this one minor thing rather than I need to work on ten techniques. Yeah, I feel like I've learned, and I mean, there's so many things I can improve on. Like, there's things I suck at and things I'm, you know, good at. And, like, in the big picture, you know, you watch someone like Rick Graham, and you're like, I should just stop playing guitar. Yeah, you but, know? But, but then you see his interviews, and he's the same way. Right. He's like, man, I fucking suck. Mm -hmm. Like, my, vibr my vibratos are fucking trash. And he's like, what? what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Have you seen me play? <laughs> it, I it, forget how to play in guitar. Right, yeah. There, dude, there, we've had those days when somebody shows up and like, yo, can you, uh, can you demo this? I, yeah. What? <laughs> I forgot everything I know. I don't know play. what to do right now. Yeah, you get that that red dot forget forgetfulness. Yeah, but no, I mean I see improvements on like a bigger scale now. With when I was younger, it was like smaller little things, you know, like so many areas in guitar. Like, oh, my fretting technique is better. Oh, like I can sweep this. But now that I've like learned all of those things, the improvements are like now writing and you know like maturing as a guitar player and like finding. Like a sound that, you know, when someone hears me play, I want to have it get to a point where someone's like, that's Miles. You know, that kind of thing. See, I, that's I, how I started. Yeah. I started with, you're going that way, and now I'm trying to go. You're go, doing the opposite. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I need to learn how to play faster, and I need to do this. And it's like, God, fuck this. Yeah. I just don't even care to play too faster old. anymore. I'm too either. old for this. It's like so fucking tired of practicing. Yeah. I'm so tired. Like, I don't play that much guitar anymore. I, I have, like, times where I really play a lot, and then times where I, like, never play. Like, I won't play for, like, a week at a time sometimes because I yeah. just don't want to. And that's, that's, um, does Glad that to know I'm come not alone to on that one. Glad to know I'm not alone on that one. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I fucking hate guitar. Yeah. Does that come to, um, this was something that I wanted to talk to you on a personal level about. Does that come to, like, player fatigue? Like, are you, are you just tired of playing guitar because you've been playing guitar for so long? Or is that, like you're saying, like, there's such little increments to get better that you're like, I don't know what I need to do to get better. Oh, no, there's a million things I could be working on all the time. I mean, mm -hmm. so many things that I see in my playing that would be, I could improve on a lot. Like, I mean, I could go through a laundry list, but I'm like proficient enough with most of them where it's like, okay, cool, you know, I can get away with this. This isn't, it's not like I'm blowing this technique or something. Sure. It's like, I can get away, it's a little messy, but whatever. See, you know. it's funny to me to hear you say I'm proficient enough yeah. when we see you're playing and we're like, dude, like, I, I, I can't wrap my mind around half of the shit that you process. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, uh, I, don't, I don't get... Same, same thing with Larry. Yeah. Like, my but, other guitar player, he just riffs all day. And it's like, uh, I, I can't. I can't. No. <laughs> no it's I, like, how the fuck do you think yeah. of this shit? I just feel like there's so many areas in, like, 
you know, like creativity and thinking, you know, like playing outside of the box kind of shapes and improvising. Improvising is huge. I fucking suck at it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll have that super sick line, super tasty, hit all the right notes, and it's nice, you know. But, like, that's something that you can just, like, never stop getting better at. You know, whether it's my sweeping, cleaning it up, whether it's my alternate picking, I'm tensing up too much. There's, like, always stuff I can work on and need to. But I just don't want to. And I have, you know, some, like, pains in my hands and stuff. Yeah. I've had that for years now. Yeah. So that, you know, is kind of a deterrent. Makes me not want to play. And then, yeah. like I was saying, those things that I'm trying to improve on more so now, like, if, I have a, if I'm having an issue playing a lick, like, I don't have to practice that every day. Okay, there's a couple licks I've been working on for, like, weeks that I just can't get. So it's just, like, some super hard shit that right. just, I, like, I don't know how that person I saw play it played it. I'm trying, can't do it. But more often than not, it's like if there's something I need to work on, I'll put that off until like I need to like, like do a performance or do a video because I can usually get something like that figured out quicker. But with writing and getting the band going, there's so many other things that I'm focused on that yeah. aren't guitar playing. Right. And that kind of takes like the last priority. And like with writing too, like when I'm writing music, I usually kind of suck at guitar because I'm like in a different spot in my head. I'm not like practicing. I'm trying to like come up with stuff. Yeah. And so my technique is different. It's a different mindset. Yeah, I'm one of those dudes who if I don't play for like two days, it's like I just forgot how. I pick, I pick up the guitar and I'm like, wow. See, I feel, feel like I'm playing in a year. For me, that's interesting to hear because you are so skilled at what you do. You know, like, I know you look at a fretboard and you process it in a different way that I would process it, that Javi would process it. Um, so it's interesting to hear that because it seems like your musical alphabet is so much larger than ours that for me, the fretboard is always fresh. It's always new. There's always something like, I haven't got to that point yet. With you, it seems like you've memorized the fretboard up and down and know every possible shape and this, that, and the other. It's so it's not going to be comfortable with it, though, too. Like, yeah. Just because I can like look at a fretboard or see a shape or know a scale or all the inversions for a chord or an arpeggio or whatever, it's like, can I pick it up and play it perfectly right now? No. Mm. Can I think about it? Absolutely. Sure. Yeah, you know, and then you see some of these people like you know, Tosin Abasi or... I mean, there's a million players who are sick who are just so fluent... And not only that, but, like, consistent. That's a big thing I have an issue with, is, like, I'm not always consistently... I'm not a super consistent player. Mm -hmm. I'm not, like, inconsistent, but that's something I really struggle with, is the consistency. You know, I could play something really great yesterday, and then today it's like, I've never played a guitar in my life. Oh, right. <laughs> that's what right. it feels like. Yeah. Huh. Well, it's interesting, because, you know, Javi and I, I don't consider Javi and myself the same skill level but we we struggle every day like i yeah. think there's every day that we struggle with something yeah. um i look for things to struggle with you know i That's look good. for things to, to to fight about um That's what you need to do though to get better yeah that's like I've, there's so many things i have like that right now and i'm just like fuck it <laughs> like i've just done i don't know i'm just but in a different spot i will get back to that point but that's awesome because that's like such a fun spot to be at where you're like Ah, I keep messing this. I'm gonna practice it. And then you practice it all night, and then you get it, and you're like, hell yeah! And then but you see, same thing the next day. For me, it's interesting to hear you say it because you're so talented already, but you haven't got complacent. You know, we yeah. meet so many guitarists who are very talented, know they're talented, want to let you know that they're talented, but they're very like complacent. Vegans. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've met the vegan guitar, vegan guitarist that's talented is is hell. Yeah, but. Yeah. But they're they know they're good and they're they're that good, but they're always at that level. They're they're happy at that level. I mean I do feel like that to an extent, but it's not that I'm happy at it, it's that I don't at this exact moment in my life, with what I'm trying to do with Interloper and all this other stuff, need to 
the priority is other places right sure. now. Like sure. being where I'm at with guitar, I can play the interloper stuff pretty well. Mm-hmm. More more or less, practice a little bit. You know, playing it's just fine. There's so many other areas I need to focus on, and once all of that's you know moving and on on its feet running, sure, then I could you know get back to the other stuff. And and uh, that's cool to hear you say because I think that's a w- in a weird way that's the thing that connects the three of us is as much as we're all guitar players um, with each of our projects, we understand that there's other things that have to be done within the project that have nothing to do with guitar playing. Oh yeah, so much of being in a band has absolutely nothing to do with playing. Yeah. And it's sad because it seems like the more you get into that, the less it becomes about the playing. Yeah. The more business side of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Sucks. Just, just a broad spectrum. Just yeah. And sometimes you just want to do something else. Like, shit, sometimes I want to just play video games, which I can't even do. I can't use a mouse and keyboard. It hurts my wrist too bad. Like, I just can't do it. It sucks. And or, you know, you want to I'm just like weird, uh, it's not really that weird, but um, this uh, chord shape I've been playing it for like six years. It's the same song, but every time I do it, like it, my thumb gets all cramped up right here. Every time I'm like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I fucking hate it. That's weird. I, I get like yeah. numbness and shooting pains and stuff like that. Yeah, so no, it's like not mine. Mine just cramps up. So I'm like, yeah. <gasps> do you but stretch? It's only when we play live. At do practice, you, I'm fine. Do you stretch? Yeah. Well, if it's live, you're probably just uptight. Yeah. Do you, or do you hold your guitar like super low or something? I play very fucking high. Maybe you're just squeezing the neck too hard. Maybe. Maybe, Maybe you need to I run switch. into all sorts of problems. <laughs> like Playing live is so different. Yeah. It's such a different world. You know, standing yeah. and trying to put on a performance and playing, you know, yeah, something that's cleanly. That's what it's I like started thinking it was because practice, I'm not moving around. I'm just standing there. Yeah. Or live, I'm sweating. I'm fucking running. Not really running. That's you. Well, is there a different way you could play the chord? Maybe. If like, like a different version or something? Switch my hand position. Oh, yeah, that's true. Play the same note somewhere else? Yeah. I'll I'll look into that one. See what he can do? I'm going to throw Larry off now. This is why anybody listening needs to hit up Miles for lessons. Because he does offer lessons through his Skype. You do? And uh, he is very (laughs) attentive. Do it this way. I don't want (laughs) to. And he's very attentive and talented and can teach multiple facets of music theory and guitar and whatever you need. That's awesome. Thank you. I'm going to definitely hit him up on... <laughs> Serious. Do you have a Patreon or is it a... Skype? No, yeah. Just contact me through Instagram or Facebook. Um, or, I mean, even you can email me if you want to. Um, just ask about lessons and I'll shoot you all the information and the rates and everything. And We'll definitely put a, put a link for it in the in the link dump. Awesome, yeah. Yes. It's fun. I do, do a lot of them. It's cool. Do, do whatever. Technique, theory social media stuff even god i mean like whatever yeah you just want to like pick my brain i, I have some people do that and it's cool that's awesome know? yeah that's awesome is that something new that you've been trying with just having conversations with people and i mean if th- that's that's something if they want to do that i don't i don't want to be like hey you want to pay me to talk to me you know that's right. like a really weird way to bring that up if it's like oh you want to pick my brain but like you know i mentioned you know we could go over theory technique writing songs you know we could go over social media stuff or you know we could go over whatever you want really sure because yeah if you say oh you want to pick my brain you know sometimes people are like what it, well it's okay. just weird sometimes people take it the wrong way no no i i think there's a there's a weird like um i think that's a specific type of person for that conversation to come right. to because there's there's a weird like marketing technique right now that's kind of kind of what i've been calling blanket marketing is certain musicians offer blanket solutions to whatever one band's problem is yeah and 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of it, but I, it does exist. Um, yep. Yeah, that's that's a thing. Yeah, uh, it's tough. So yeah. it's it's interesting the way it's more interesting when you're able to conversate with somebody about well, this is what my experience is. Yeah, it yeah. May not be exactly what you experience, but this is how I've gotten A and B and C to line yeah. up. Well, those kind of lessons are fun too. Like the, when people pick your brain. Like I had a close friend of mine who I've toured with a handful of times. He took some lessons from me and just like, you know, it wasn't like here's a strict theory lesson. Here's a strict technique lesson. It was just like. What about this? What about this? Yeah. What if you're doing this? You know, like that kind of stuff's cool. And it's yeah. fun, and it's you know, it's, it's a, it's a really cool way to do a lesson, and you get a lot of cool stuff out of it. I think. Like I used to do that with my teachers, just mm. like hop around. You know, we'd have theory, and you know, next week, let me just ask you about this stuff. How do you do this? What do you do for this? It's cool. It's That's nice. cool. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, because I remember uh, I forgot who it was, but somebody they took a lesson with Jason Richardson, mm-hmm. and they wanted to know different soloing techniques. And he was just telling him about, he's like, okay, so what do you want to learn? He's like, soloing techniques. He's like, okay, so learn the diminished scale. And <laughs> he just walked, that was it. They just ran through the diminished scale. Like, how is that soloing technique? That's a scale. Which I probably could look up on Google. Yeah. Hmm. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I've never met Jason. I have heard some strange things about his lessons, though. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's a cool dude. But I don't know. I've, I've had a couple students of mine who've taken lessons from him. And, uh, just to have maybe that was just their experience. Who knows? For sure. Maybe he's a sick teacher. I have no idea. Uh, don't don't know. know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let's see. I think we're getting to about that time, Javi. Are we? Say anything. Yeah, anything else you want to talk about? Anything else on your mind? That fucking beep that just killed the podcast? Right. <laughs> now, uh, when you write music... Do you sit down and write it, like, with your Axe Effects, do your speakers, or are you somebody who goes in Guitar Pro and just, like, maps everything out Guitar. First? You do everything that way? Like, on the instrument. Yeah? Yeah. I used to do things on Guitar Pro a lot. Because it's cool. Like, you think about it, like, in an abstract way, it kind of gets you out of the box. Like, you don't... Because you always have your go-to, you know, licks and things you do on the guitar. So it's a cool way to get out of it, but... I felt like it was so unnatural, and then if you have to rely on that to write music, I feel like there's something kind of weird with that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I see it on both sides. I've done both ways, but now, like, I definitely do it on guitar first. And, like, when I tap things out, you know, like, after I have the idea, I'll, you know, tap it out in the program. And, you know, occasionally I'll make, like, try, like, huh, you know, like, I'll see, like, a shape in my head, and I'll be like, oh, shit, that sounds cool. But, like, as far as just, like, in Guitar Pro writing, I don't do that anymore. Mm. I did that years ago, and... Like with the new rings record, that was mostly guitar in hand, doing it like that. All the interloper stuff now is like that. Almost everything's ba- built off like a chord progression is how I write. I'll come up with, literally, it sounds funny, just a couple bar chords or, you know, whatever. Like, just a progression, and that's what turns into everything. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because that was one thing I've, I've noticed from a lot of different people that I didn't realize, that they write a lot of stuff in Guitar Pro as opposed to just playing it. I'm like, why don't you just play it and feel it out? Yeah, it's different. I mean, it, I get it. It's it's a tool. And if you can play what you come up with in the program, cool. But then you also run into you know, bands that we can think of without naming where it's like no one can ever fucking play this. Yeah. And they just like yeah, well, track it note for note anyways and then that's it, you know? So that's like, it, it, it depends how you use it. It's like good or evil kind of thing. You yeah. Know? Yeah, because I, I noticed the ones that do that in Guitar Pro, they 
tend to sound more like a cut and paste. Like this riff doesn't blend into this one. There's no feel. It just one riff, two riff, three riff, four. There's you know it doesn't blend. It's like what the fuck is going on? Yeah. yeah well, it's also just like poor writing, I guess. Yeah. You know, try to make things flow. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say poor writing. You know, because there are styles of music where you want it to be like riff, 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 riff. riff. Yeah. yeah. That's like it's a cool thing. Like that's its own niche thing. That's tight. Um. Yeah. I guess it just depends on how you use it. But I've just I did that for a while, and I want to be like more true to the guitar and like talking like going back earlier with the improvements over the years you know i want to get more comfortable and better and just have the guitar be like something i can really like express with you know i want it to be like a tool for expression versus just like something i can rip some notes on yeah you know so that's like the over the course of years improvement i'm talking about where you see things like that yeah kind of stepping away from using these programs to help aid me and stuff like that was one of them. Guitar Pro is great though for like structures that like if when you write something instead of having to record a whole thing, do EQ, mix, master, unless you have a cassette, um, you know, pull up your DAW and you have a template already, it saves a lot of time because you know you play it on your guitar and you tab it out of the program, you know, put your little drum beat to it, put a bass line in, you can like hear it. And you're like, okay, yeah, that sounds cool all together. Yeah. It's a good way to hear things as a whole instead of having to go through an entire tracking process and you're like, well, I just spent an hour tracking that, and I right. and I hate that riff. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, so it's great That's for me right that. now. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, I use Guitar Pro all the time, just not in that way for Got writing. It. Yeah. Yeah, because one thing he you brought up, Mark, was uh, how periphery writes. Everything is just on the one click. Yes. You know, and that's on the what? Periphery writes in a way where uh, there's no time signature. Their click is one. That's what I do. Yeah. Well, I mean, I write, I write in meters. I know, like, when I'm writing a riff, I have it in, like, I'll find out what meter it's in, obviously, after I come up with it and figure it out. Mm. But, like, when I have Reaper open, I don't do the accent. Yeah. I, I hate that. It's just whatever one is, it's one, but one, one, I mean, one, one, their one, songs one. have a time signature, but right. what do you mean with the... Their, their click is never one. It's just one consistent click. Oh, yeah. So it's yeah, just... No accent. Right. It's just a tempo. Right. It's just it's just mapping out the hits as long as they're there. It doesn't really matter, like you said, the meter. The me- the measures matter, but the meter three four 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 seven eight five four whatever it is, it doesn't really matter. It's whatever the click lands on the one. As long as they're always on the click, they're done. Huh? That weird. Yeah. So I know I I write that way. So a lot of my stuff doesn't make any sense. Right. Because it's like four, 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 three, four, 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 right. three, four, three, four, 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 four. And it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. I don't even know I was doing that, but I'm just it's doing like it. a phrasing thing, I guess. Yeah. But then you have to look at the phrasing, and it could be in a different meter, even though it seems like it's in four, four. Yeah. There's some things that are real weird. Or right. like, you know, like seven, eight riffs. Sometimes, you know, um, there's a part in Red Letter Day. It's like seven, eight, but it's actually just seven, four. Because if you look at where the chord actually changes... It's seven quarter notes. Oh. So I'm not going like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, two, three. In my head, yeah. that's, that's like one, two, two three, three, four, four, five, six, seven. Chord change. Mm. So it depends on how you're looking at it, too, and the phrasing. Because, you know, you could like, some per- one, like, you could hear it and be like, nope, that's seven, eight. I'm hearing one, two, three, four, one, two, three, like that kind yeah. of thing. Or, um, you know, you could be like, no, it's not. Now, but there are argu- there arguably are times where it is one meter over the other. Right. But now, do you feel like that's a... Because I know there's there's not really a strict way to do it, but do you feel that that changes depending on the player that you're talking to? 
Yeah, people feel things different ways. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes, like, uh, some of the new interloper stuff has some, like, metric modulation stuff or, like, a feel change where, like, the drums will start doing, like, a dotted quarter instead, but the guitars are doing the same kind of thing, so it, like, changes the feel. Mm -hmm. It's like... Is that a tempo change or is that just, you know, like yeah, it depends right. who you're asking. I always look at it as kind of the same thing. Because I'd be like going if you, you go to the, you know, quarter note triplet instead of the quarter note. Um, and, and one of the Necrogobicon songs does that. So you could argue if it was, say, at 180 beats per minute, the tempo change is now at 240. But it's really just doing quarter note triplets at 180 instead. Gotcha. But that's the exact same speed. Right. So I'd be like if you're playing eighth note triplets at 240, that's the same thing as 16th at 180. See, that's I think that's where him and I have always had that weird um, translation because I've tried to show him a few of my songs, and the way that Kevin counts it, where it's seven over four, and he's like, no, that's just four four. You're just he's just dumb. <laughs> yeah. Some people. It's yeah, sometimes it is my drummer too, because my drummer's like Mark. He's into math core and stuff. So I was like, I'll show him a riff. He's like, so 13 over eight. I was like, what? No. Yeah. It's like what? The, the, <laughs> How are you counting that? Yeah, that's interesting. Once again, another thing that we have to learn. <laughs> think about that. Like, so I always try to think of things like that. So thirteen times two would be twenty-six, and then twenty-six divided by four would be that'd be a six bars of four-four, and then a two-four bar. Yeah. Like that's how I would think about it. Exactly you know? how he explained it to that's me. That's how he. That's how he. Yeah, because he's it, like, right? yeah, you're doing this, 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 two-four. I'm like. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Way easier, yeah. 13.8, or people are, oh, I'm playing in 1760. It's like, fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it is just weird. You know, like, the, no, there's totally cool things that are like that. Yeah, this guy, is A sharp. Uh, no, it's B flat. <laughs> arguably, there are right times to say that, though. Right. That's a whole other topic. <laughs> um, but there's a guy, Julian Cifuentes, on Instagram. Sick guitar player. He does a lot of that crazy meter stuff, though. He's like, he'll write a riff, and it'll be like 15.16. It's just like... It's so weird for me. I'm like such like a melody-based, like, normal guy, and I hear that stuff and just bends my mind. Yeah. But he kills it. He's such a sick guitar player and cool it's dude, four, too. Four. <laughs> Ain't nobody yeah, dude, I'm like 4-4, 3-4, 5-4. That's it. That's like 7-8 sometimes. I can it count depends. that. Yeah, that's just like, that's like how I gravitate to it. Yeah. That's how most people are. Uh, there's a reason they call it common time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Touche. Uh, but <laughs> Touche. Yeah, because you, like, you understand it in fours. Yeah. yeah. The A sharp B flat thing, though, for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely, but it's got secretly guitar triggered. wise. <laughs> Tuning. <laughs> yeah. It's always fun. Any other questions? Any other things? Any other comments? Any other thoughts? Any other. Or are you good? I think I'm good. You think you're good? I think so. If not, we'll bring you back. Well, we'll go to your yeah, house. You're Perfect. always welcome to come back. <laughs> Thank you. We'll Always. go to your house this time. Uh, we'll go to your. <laughs> we'll go to somewhere air conditioned. Um, this is the fans here. This is nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you want to talk about Guitar Marie real fast? Do you want? Have you checked out Guitar Marie? The pickups? Yeah. Oh. Uh -uh. What? I have a thing with a company already, though. That's right. He does. Uh, so yeah. doesn't mean you can't <laughs> listen to them. <laughs> True. I can listen to them. <laughs> I, th I thought you were asking if I'd played them. We can. Flip it upside down. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Just think of everything, but backwards. backwards. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Guitar Marie is always will help you, helping us out and uh, sending me new pickups. And well, it must be nice. Hopefully sending Javi some pickups eventually. Yeah, I don't know, maybe. We've been trying them all out. Uh, you guys still got to come to the studio to try out uh, uh, the Voyager set. And uh, I got a Redstone on the way. Oh, okay. And... 
You already heard the Scud. You didn't like the Scud at the time. Uh-uh. Larry has the Sarbombas. Yeah, we got to try those. So, yeah, oh, anything nice. with, uh, as always, Guitar Marie, SO, and Stone, Stone Age. Age. Stone Age. Which gave Miles picks. Yes, Miles, hey. you got some hey, brand new Stone Age. Yes, these picks are really picks. cool. I'm actually very excited about the uh, little jazz. Did I lose it? No, it's right. What? How, <laughs> I haven't even moved. No, this, this little one will be... I'm excited to try this one. That'll be fun. So that'll be something something interesting what to try. What is this one made of? Yeah, they're all... They're agate. All, those ones are all agate. I'm excited. Yeah. I wish you could see it through the microphone, but... We'll do it. We'll do a quick look. It almost it. looks like... Uh, what is that? Jupiter? The color? Yeah, it does look like Jupiter. Huh? Yeah, that's cool. See? Space. Yeah, like we said, uh, the guy at Stone Age, uh, is it Matt? Matt is an absolute artist. Matthew and, uh, Halliday. Yes, he sir. just started uh, doing custom engravings, yeah, which like I'm really, one. really excited to see how that. Oh shit! Smoke weed every day. Oh nice. So that's that's something. Lose <laughs> it. Not for me, but something. I mean, I'm not saying me either, but whatever. <laughs> whatever. Literally um, none of us smoke. No. no. I don't. <laughs> yeah, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually don't. Oh, you stop? Oh, okay. No, I, I, no, I, I smoke cigarettes, but oh. I, I haven't smoked pot in years. Oh, oh yeah, I hate years. I did not know that. I Same. would not have known that from rings. Yeah, everyone <laughs> thinks I'm a stoner. Yeah. In every show. That's you probably know. why he gave me that yeah, one. You yeah, wanna, you want to get stoned? I'm like, if I want to ruin the rest of my night, sure. <laughs> right? Yeah. Good to know. If I feel like uh, throwing up in my tub, sure. Good to know. Yeah. Um, Weird. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that, that should wrap up another... Keep chugging podcast. I think we're 17 now. We're almost legal. Yeah, 17. <laughs> <laughs> we're so, almost uh, at Hermione's age. Yeah, thank you everybody for listening. Make sure to check out Miles on his Instagram at, uh, at Miles Dimitri Baker, all one word. And then check out Interloper, Interloper at Interloper Band, Band Official. Interloper Official Graham. Oh, the Interloper fuck? Official Graham. Yeah, we fucking blew it with the name. So <laughs> keep a lookout on that. And, and uh, yeah. And smoke weed every day. Or, or don't. Or yeah. don't. Or don't. Or yeah. Be Pro- productive. Probably better off not. Be productive. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you everybody for listening. All right. See ya. We'll see you. Bye. Keep chugging. Necessary. <laughs>